Internet land. This is Chris Casby. This is Daniel, da- Daniel Sale. And this is Chris Burroughs. And we are Scrubland Podcast. Episode number 23. <sighs> Get bent. That's the sound of a million uh, Scrubland Podcast fans. We have 127. Email- emailing us. <laughs> we have 127 and- official. <laughs> no, apparently we struck a chord this last time. Guys, thanks for the comments. Yeah. Uh, that was really cool. Uh, I, that did we break the record for our, our MTG cast comments this time? Definitely <laughs> with thirteen. Yeah, that's pretty did we cool. Get 13? It was definitely cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I commented. I was yeah, two of them was me. So. Yeah, I mean, oh, well, I mean, we could break it every week. Let's, let's <laughs> here, we, yeah. here we go. <laughs> Roll our own. Oh. Just talk to each other. Hey. Oh, we just use it like aim. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what you is? <laughs> oh, you know, I'm just chilling, chilling on the MTG cast network. <laughs> Listening to some A Team and some fucking limited resources. I'm listening to Nick the Bottom Gin drinking this Red Bull. Booyah. Ooh. I'm drinking a White Russian. Red Bull makes my heart hurt. We didn't we didn't play <laughs> metal music and crack a Red Bull at the beginning of the game. This, this one makes John, my John, John, John. I mean, it can make your heart stop. Oh good. That's how I like That's it. That's what we're going for. We're going for the heart stopper, the show stopper today. Booyah. You know what happens when you eat a McGriddle? You can taste your heart stopping. <laughs> and syrup. It's the taste. Syrup and your heart's <laughs> the, the taste of syrup. It's it's, delicious. I don't even know if it's real syrup, but it tastes like syrup. <laughs> it's like the the sweet taste of death. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> can we talk about magic cards? Yes. This Speaking is... of sweet death. Yes. Oh jeez. <laughs> uh so uh Burroughs can sit out for this one because he worked all day. Thanks. Um, let me let me tell you what the sound of death sounds like. You ready? It's it's the sound of driving in your car with no radio, and your iPod got stolen for like three hours to North Carolina by yourself, so you can go PTQ. North Carolina, and then going X two in a six rounder to not make the top eight, and then having to drive all the way home by yourself with with no with no tunes or anything. That sounds like a loser's life to me. I mean, <laughs> I, I learned a lot. Of, I learned a lot about my deck. So you know, that's that's the sound of death. I actually was singing a lot to myself. Uh, that happens. That's what I do to stay awake. Sing, like, sing song. No, you like you like pick out random billboards on the road. You just start singing them. Like, yeah, you stuckies into miles. Yeah, boom. Yeah, stuckies into miles. Boom, boom. Yeah, you're like these guys do heart transplants, post traumatic stress disorder, like. You like get all the po- all the phone numbers and stuff. Oh yeah, it was okay. Th- but so, you sing them to the tune of Dashboard Confessional, oh, no. so that it lasts forever. I love wow. Chris Carabba. He makes my heart suck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you went to you drove what three hours to Durham, uh, Burlington, 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 North Carolina. Okay, and all right. I think this is further proof that people just don't like extended, or people aren't grinding, or something. This was a fifty-six man PTQ. Dude, there's it's, a lot of them have been small recently. It extended, like, well, like really you also small. went to the boonies of fucking North Carolina. Dude. I mean, it wasn't in the middle of North Carolina, <laughs> but like, I a six like this is I've I've done two PTQs in a row right. that are six rounders. Two yeah, things, two weird. things about this weekend: playoffs for the NFL. Fuck yes, it, like so. North Carolina's really into go birds into somewhere. Do they have a football team? North Carolina. Panthers. All I do is play magic cards. Fair enough. I actually don't know. Right. I'm sorry. Are they good? No. I, I can tell you. They probably the weren't the playoffs. But oh. that being said, that the 
people who are into football are into football. So regardless of whether or not their team made the playoffs, they're going to watch the playoffs. Yeah. I, I actually did have a guy look at me today. Uh, it, like, uh, he, he lost – we were uh, – Two, it, it was two and zero. Oh, I beat him. He went to he went to two and one, and he said, "Do you know what time the game starts?" And I was like, "I don't like they're doing drafts later, I guess." <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, no." And he was like, "No, nah, dude, the Patriots game is at like four fifteen. I was like, uh, yes. "I got no idea." Yes. So just say yes. You're like yeah, and sure. So, no, so he just like dropped an X one. Like he just like I don't know, just like two one the PTQ, and he was like, "Oh, whatever. I'm just gonna go watch this football game instead." I guess. Wow. Yeah, it's bizarre. I mean, Patrick Chapin actually won of the legacy events in San, San Jose right this morning. He like literally won his first round and dropped, and just like he just chilled with all, uh, Gavin Verhey, and he chilled with uh, what's his name, uh, the guy who does GG's Live. Uh, starts with an R. Rashid. Rashid. Rashad. Rashad. Sorry, thank you. Uh, yeah, he just like chilled around with them all day. Oh, I don't know why you would ex- like literally fly to San Jose. Play one round of, of your second day of a tournament and then drop and just literally hold your dick all day. Maybe he like, just didn't feel like playing magic cards. I don't know. Who doesn't feel like playing magic cards when your name is Patrick Chapin? Because <laughs> he makes some ridiculous homebrew and takes it to a tournament. Yeah. Legacy is amazing right now. Legacy is not amazing right now. Did it's you the see? most open format. Because it lost that possible. Stupid- Everyone was just playing survival before, and they took survival, and they're okay. like, well, fuck, what do I play now? Let me, let me tell you like, what I... Turnabout t- is, a, is a popular, valuable card right now. Let me tell you what I learned. Turnabout? Let me tell you is what I valuable? learned. Yeah, it's like $7. Oh, no, that's not valuable. Okay, it was $0.40. Cents. I'm going to tell you what I learned from watching Legacy all day. <laughs> sure. You watched uh, Legacy all day? Yeah. That's horrible. Oh, yeah. okay, so we... I, Chris, you did not go to the PTQ. No, I did not. Wait, wait, wait. Tragic. Yeah, go ahead. We'll, t- we'll talk about you. All right. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right, and then you guys me. can talk about the PTQ. All right, tell me about Legacy. All right, so I learned that counterbalance decks have five ways to win, and two of them are Vendillion Clique, and two of them are Jaces, and one of them is a Cursed Scroll. And, uh... It wins all the time. It <laughs> Apparently it does really well, because Jerry T was piloting it like a madman. Uh, I saw LSV get decked in the mirror because... They each ran each other out of ways to kill each other. And LSV literally just whiffed on the fifth turn of final turns. Just like, was like, oh, I'm going to draw my card up. It's over. <laughs> and you're like, wow. It's over how? Like, he, like he had no cards left? Had no cards in his library. Got on decked the on the fifth turn of extra turns. Like, so he doesn't have, like, an Academy Ruins or something that, like... Nothing. Academy Ruins for Curse Scroll? No. That'd be pretty cool, but no, uh, Curse Scroll doesn't sounds, die. It sounds completely god awful. Curse Scroll doesn't die. They don't care about it. No one cares about it. Like literally. Okay. Also, I found out that Merfolk is weird. Like literally, if you've got main deck Pithing Needle and Trinket Mages, you kind of kill Merfolk all the time because Aether Vile is their entire deck. Uh, I so, found out that Elves is viable. Literally, there was a mono green, like a, an evergreen Elves deck. I think Matt Nass was piloting it. And of course he was. Yeah, right? <laughs> of course. No, Matt Nass wasn't piloting it. Because he play, he was in the top four of the standard. Yeah. That, that doesn't affect it. That's Saturday and Sunday. Two different days. No, 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 no. The top four plays on Sunday. No, they changed it. So they that, changed it. They, it they was, didn't... The, the event start... The finals start at 8 that morning. Oh, And Sunday the legacy event still. doesn't start until 10. Yeah. So I get, like I guess it's feasible that you could... Like time, Matt Nass, that you could time out and not get into the legacy event. I didn't get to watch but, the last round. Like, it's of two round. It's two rounds of magic. Yeah. So. Okay. I didn't get to ra- watch the last round of Swiss for the legacy event. 
However, Matt Nass was on a tear and was looking to back-to-back the weekend. Okay, so tell me about what... what, what Mono Green Mono Elves Green in Legacy? Elves in Legacy. It plays, like, like a shit ton of mana producers. We watched uh, a Natural Order get cast two times on turn three. The first one got Force of Willed, and the second one went through, got a Progenitus, and was like, beat down time. And, I don't know. Just, Mono Green Elves is literally a thing. Is it is it doing the is it doing the classic like glimpse of nature style draw? Oh, wait a minute. It's, it's actually, not combo. It's literally just a bunch of mana producing elves. Like arc, like plan A is natural order for progenitus. Plan B is beat the crap out of your opponent. So it's, it's, got, actually, it's, got it's actually five shit. color elves. Sure, it's actually <laughs> five color elves. It's it's five color natural order with elves. How good is your bloom tender? Does it play? <laughs> <laughs> so does it play the uh, insect producer, Wirewood Symbiote? I did not or see it. What are the, I think that's what it's called. Yes, it is. Uh, I didn't see the list, but I saw it in action, and it just played a bunch of mana producing elves. Like, so it doesn't, it doesn't just die to like a Ratchet Bomb or Powder Keg or Engineered Explosives? No one's playing Ratchet Bomb. No one's playing Ratchet Bomb. A lot of people are playing Engineered Explosives. But I okay, also, Powder Keg. also I like shout out to uh, Alex Burton Cheatney. Sorry for losing to the worst... Uh, friggin' uh, counterbalance player I've ever seen in my life. He he uh, engineered explosives to kill t- instead of three for oneing Alex Bertoncini. He fucking engineered explosives for on one to kill three curse catchers, but left his sensei's divining top in play instead of switching it out for a card. Oh, like he just let it get destroyed. He by just his let own it explosives. get destroyed, and then and then he was like le- looking like a pro. He's like, haha, I'm gonna play another top now, and you're like. Who cares? You could have had the one that was in play. Like, he, he couldn't afford the nice mana life. to sack it. You, you just, just get to it. draw. You, you turn it. You turn it sideways. It replaces itself on the top of the deck for the top card on your deck. And yeah. then you crack the engineer explosive. You just spin the top. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, spin, spinning the top is, is looking at the top three. Is that paying the mana? That's, no, uh, no. Spinning the top is paying the mana look at the top three. Uh, whatever. Dude, yeah. that's horrible. All it's this, top all, back all this jargon. Yeah, sure. It's <laughs> terrible. It's terrible. Uh, what was Bertoncini playing? Merfolk. Uh, uh, Merfolk. Oh, uh, cl- classic Merfolk Bertoncini style. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, a poor guy was mana screwed in game one and mana screwed in game two. Literally, oh. okay. Uh, game one, uh, his his counterbalance opponent pl- uh, has one main deck Pithing Needle, drew it in his opener, and was like, Pithing Needle, Pithing Needle, Aether Vial, you're done. Because you were mana screwed, you had that Aether Vial in play, you were going to put a bunch of Merfolk in play, but now yeah. you're screwed. <coughs> and he, and, like he didn't have a, a Daze or a Force? No. Just, just let it happen. And it's pretty tragic. It's pretty bad. And then game two, it's stuck on two lands for like the entirety of the game, puts like three curse catchers in play, beating the crap out of this, his opponent. The guy's like uh, three for two instead of three for one. Like could have literally just locked the game out in multiple places. He also topped into a moat, which would have shut his opponent, which, which would have shut uh, Bertoncini down, decided to shuffle the moat away. Then he, t- he topped into... Uh, some card that says creatures can't attack, and he shuffled that away with a ponder. Peacekeeper? Peacekeeper, that's the one exactly. And why why he did this? I guess to keep the uh, the drama alive, but uh, Bertoncini finally extended the hand after like 13 unnecessary turns. Just the, the most like savage slow roll yeah. in, on the planet. Just like, the worst game I've ever like the seen. The kid was trying as hard as to punt it. Yeah, and Bertoncini couldn't take advantage. And I feel bad for the guy because, I mean, Bertoncini wanted it. Bertoncini was like, 
he's literally like just rubbing his hands in his hair. I he's can't like, believe this is happening. Yeah. yeah. He put his shirt up over his head. He's like, oh, this is terrible. My opponent is so bad. I'm about to lose to him. Like I could read his mind. It was wow. bad. Um, it sounds like my See, day. It sounds like legacy. my day in extended. <laughs> it honestly sounds like my day in extended. Where uh, I, I'm in Burlington, and I, I don't know. No offense to the guys that I lost to, but um, pretty subpar players that just like you. You just you, you're in that situation where you just have no no chance, even though they're missing plays yeah. left and right. Or like, like if you don't even see what's in their hand. And you can tell they're not playing optimally. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. It's 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 frustrating. Yeah. Uh, so I got I don't know. I guess I'll let you guys know. I played fairies. Um, <laughs> I played fairies all last extended season, and so and you played it in standard too. Let me talk about let me talk about uh, my my cons from last week. I got to admit that I was wrong once again. Uh, I told you guys to pick up the reflecting pools and play play four color. Yeah. Um after exploring the format a little bit throughout the week and and realizing that uh, the, the the reason that I said that was was in a in a meta game analysis of okay, fairies is getting very good. Mm-hmm. Uh the meta game is shifting to try to beat fairies. And so th- they're doing that by uh, Jund is doing Jundish things, yeah. uh, which generally has like a, a, a decent matchup. It's probably not favorable. Uh, it's probably fifty fifty. And then the Naya deck, the new Naya deck, is just trying to turn to Thoctors and giant things, which is ridiculous. It's, it's it's really really good against fairies. They just continuously attack, uh, and as as long as you can attack fairies on every turn, it, it creates a it, it changes the entire game plan for fairies, and they're not yeah. able to to win. So. Uh, because Fairies is a tempo deck in, yeah. its, in, in its basest form. So uh, the reason that I said it's time to pick up the control decks again, it's time to pick up the, the non-Fairies control, mm-hmm. was uh, if uh, Five Color can't really beat Fairies. Fair, like, it's essentially a buy for Fairies. I just like, what about, why, why no, doesn't Fallout count? It doesn't matter. Why? Because it, Fairies, it just, like, in turns, in, it, it, it looks at it and it goes, oh, Okay, well, I guess that resolves. And, like, Five Color doesn't ever put any pressure on the board. Right. And that's the reason why they can't ever win. The same the same way that the white-blue control decks just never put any pressure on the board. And so, if you, like, you can fall out, but in two turns, you're back in the same situation where I've resolved another Vendillion clique, or I have a Mutavolt that's just attacking you again. And, uh, like, you're, you're back in the same spot where, you like, you might have two more lands in play, but it, it, it didn't work. And I was under the same assumption. I was like, oh, well, I'll just play these Volcanic Falls to, to clean up on the Fairies decks. Not really the case. Uh, I guess the white-blue decks are a, a little bit better control because they had Kitchen Finks, um, which which can be a problem. Uh, but, I mean, for the most part, I, I, I played four-color control twice in Burlington, and th- they were competent players, never had a chance. Wow. It just never had a chance. Like, I played a Vendillion clique. They are like, okay, it resolves. I'm like, okay, target you. Look at their hand. No choice. Like, they have spells. Sure. They're, like, I'm looking at, like, oh, they have, like, an Esper Charm and a Grave Titan and, like, three lands or something. Sure. And I'm like, mm, you can just keep those. Yeah. Like, I don't, uh, like, your Esper Charm and your Grave Titan don't scare me. Yeah. Like, no, nothing you're doing right now. Like, I'm in just complete control of the game. Um... So I'm sorry if, if you guys decided to, to test reflecting pools for the weekend. Uh, it was, I guess, not a good choice. Um, I guess something has to happen to reflecting pool control to make it good again, or, or the metagame has to get to that point. But like the metagame will cycle. 
Okay, now I have a question. Now, the reason that I advocate... Oh, yeah, there's... there's I, I played fairies for a good long time as well. But my biggest... Uh, okay, it's, it's, it's definitely cute. But and, and I generally abhor cute. But in to quote Eintrazi, uh, cute is bad, but if you can be effective and cute, it's way better than good. Like uh, anything that get that is cute that works with your synergies and gets really strong is awesome. Okay, so, so what's an example? Grixis in, in fairies. In Grixis fairies, fire spout, you can't use the green on it. So you literally just pound the crap out of any ground-based aggro. Is that actually a legitimate? Because I know Thoughtar doesn't die to it, but what I about the over, rest of the field? I went over this in my head today as I uh, on the drive home. I was thinking to myself, uh, I I was I was X and one in uh, Rockville today, uh, and got paired up against fairies in the win and in round, and just got completely destroyed. Hmm. Um, he had uh, a part of that was he hit a third. A third cunning spark mage. You said, I think you said against fairies. You meant against Naya. Against right? Naya. Sorry, I'm playing fairies. Uh, yeah, he just hit a third main deck cunning spark mage and uh, beats me. Like I, I beat the first two, and I've only got five removal spells in my deck, so sure. yeah. uh, couldn't get there against all three of them. But uh, the the reason I think Fire Spout can't like because I, I immediately got on the phone and and talked to talked to one of my buddies, and I was like, what? What am I supposed to do against Naya? Like, do I, do I have anything I can do? Like, I've got the wall of Tangle Cord, and that's okay. But I mean, uh, like, their guys are just so fast. Is there, is, I, is there something I'm missing? Am I boarding wrong? And he said, I think that your build just isn't good enough. I go back and play red. Go back and get lightning bolts and fire spots if you want to beat them. And it's not going to do it uh, if they're playing. Uh, this guy had Leatherback, Bayloth, and Wooly Thoctar, and Knight of the Reliquary, Bloodbraid, and Vengevine. None of Fire Spot and Lightning Bolt don't kill those. They, they Fire Spot ha- definitely kills some of those. It kills some of those things, but by the time it doesn't kill the important ones. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean like <laughs> sure, it kills like it can kill it can kill their accelerators and kill their fauna shaman. And, but, and like, it also it also can kill an early uh Neither Reliquary and it definitely kills uh that last thing you said. Vengevine and Bloodbraid. Vengevine and Bloodbraid have already done the damage by the Because like, the haster is yeah, but I mean, you have Bitter Blossom to, to block for that turn, right? Don't it's, you? It's a bad matchup. It's bad, huh? Naya, it, it. I for one love it when they waste a one for one card on a Vengevine. It's it's because really I just feel well like I'm getting said. value for I mean, it. Well said, well said. <laughs> I mean, I had to I had to spell starter sprite Vengevine today, and the, like I'm like cards in hand, and he's like, oh no, and he's like four, and uh, I'm like real like. I mean, I like I like. I'll things, play spell starter sprite, thing, not targeting your Vengevine. I mean, th- block. <laughs> things were, things were going according to plan. It was like it, I, I had the bitter blossom in play. I had disfigured a fauna shaman, and then his next play was Vengevine. I'm like, well, I mean, I get the value on this spell stutter, but I still don't think it's going to be enough. No, sir. And it wasn't. I I still ended up losing that round. It it was it was unbelievable to me. I I it, it blew my mind that I could have like had a draw that went according to my plan that well, and just. For, for seemingly no reason, he just hit a blood braid, and it was it was seemingly over from there. Well, I played. I also I went to uh, D, me and DCL went to uh, Burlington on Saturday, and me and him and a group of other people actually went up to Rockville, Maryland today on Sunday. Um, so he played fairies again. Uh, he did better than I did. <laughs> I went one three. Oh boy, did you really? Um, yeah. Um, so three, basically, three people from our group played Naya. Yeah, with very similar lists. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm really proud of the group this time for, for getting on board and working together and like uh, co collaborating a little bit to figure out what they're doing. And, and even though I know you guys didn't all play the same list this time, you didn't like talk as much. I feel like you guys are in a much better spot to work together and, and share information for the From next couple. Well, that's the thing. The like a couple games. Me, me and Ryan now, we both played, uh, well, actually Todd too. Uh, yeah. The three of us uh, all played Naya and we had played it in standards. We had a basic understanding of the deck. Um, I didn't realize, like, I kind of went into it, like, this tournament, like, I talked to you last week, I was just like, dude, I just want something that beats fairies, because I think fairies are going to show up at full force. <laughs> and yep. so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll just play Naya, because Naya just beats fairies. And I didn't see fairies at all. <laughs> well, I never I, got paired up against fairies. Hang, hang on, J just to back up, I showed you guys Wooly Thoctar, and you all went, Wooly Thoctar? Screw yeah, you, I've been playing Wooly Thoctar back when everyone made Kesby. fun of me for it. Right. So fuck you. All right, Ka all right. Casby understood. The other guys, they were just like, Wooly? Like, I was like, how, what? They're like, how is that even a card? I mean, I get that it's really good, and it was, it was definitely, like, when it was spoiled, everyone was just jumping all over that shit, like, oh, this is the best, oh, I'm just gonna jerk off on this beast. And, and then, like... Five fours for three, yeah. I mean, that's awesome, but when was it ever played in, like, constructed events? It was in Nia Lightsaber. It, sh it showed up... It was, like, not a four of, though. It showed up it on and off. In the first Nia Lightsaber deck. Okay, not not in my Flores creation, though. Not, it wasn't in the Boss Ross. It wasn't in the Boss Ross. It wasn't in Boss, and it wasn't in uh, the... In the Nia Lightsaber deck that did did well at Worlds at Andre Quambra, Coimbra, Coimbra, whatever. Yeah. He was running Thoughtors. Really? Wild McConnell's and Thoughtcards. I do yeah. not remember that. I apologize. I was incorrect. Um, that but, said, um, basically, I just said, I, I felt like I got bad. I, I felt like I was unlucky today. What did you play against? Uh, round one, I played against Blue Eye Control, which what? I didn't realize was a bad matchup, but it's Kitchen, Finks, bad Kitchen matchup. Finks and Wall of Omens just clog up the board for long enough for them to dissolve a Sun Titan. Yeah. And guess what you can't do anything about? Sun Titan. Exactly. <laughs> they're, uh, they're Planeswalkers like, are a problem too, right? Like, if he has, no. Gideon, if he has Gideon or Jace. He does, he, most of the blue-white decks that I've seen aren't running Gideon or Jace. Some are running Gideon in the board. They definitely have Jace. Uh, they're just uh, not drawing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the list, the, almost every list that I've seen is running two baby Jaces, and some of them are running two big Jaces. Yeah, well, the bad ones. Um. So, that said, um, yeah, just running into Wall of Omens and fucking Sun Titans is just not what Vengevines want to do. Um, round two, I got lucky against uh, a red green Valakut. I feel like that that deck's a that that matchup's a coin flip because they accelerate so fast, and like if they can just if Wait, they can turn five escape shift, you lose. Straight up red green Valakut, huh? Yeah, it's basically just red green Valakut, and it just plays with prim uh, uh, prismatic omens. Yeah. So basically, if they escape shift shift on turn five for four Valakuts in another land. You lose. So it's 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 jumped from. So Wargate has evolved, or does Wargate still exist in force? I don't think Wargate is really there. Like it, th there were people playing it today. Uh, the Rockville PTQ, by the way, was 150 plus. It was a seven rounder, and it was a, a pretty diverse field. I would say there there really was a, pr a pretty good representation of everything. Yeah. Uh, the the red aggro decks did not perform very well. Those those fell off pretty quickly. Yeah. But. Um, well, it's nuts. Those things like were like you they, look, if they you were really Star Cities, and you really look at the last two PTQs. Yeah, like they they both won. They were really hot for a week, and they were really good on Moto for a sh for a short period. They're always good, but on Moto. they yeah. were they were only preying on the fairies decks, right? And now that this Naya deck has come out, like if if I have a turn two Wooly Thoctar and you're trying to make Hellspark Elemental, it, that's bad. It's pretty embarrassing for you. Yeah. It, it really is. Uh, 
Sovereigns of Alara had a pretty good showing today. Um, I we, we we left early. We don't actually know who won, but um, I, I I liked the field a lot. It was kind of just all over the place. That's something I was going to mention earlier. Is uh, you felt like fairies was going to be in force. Uh, I understand that that is uh, that's the consensus, but when you think that and you think everyone thinks that, then you got to think one step ahead of that. You know what I mean? Like also. I uh, I don't know. You, you got to think about it. Like Rockville and uh, Roanoke are two of the most aggro meta games I've ever played in. Rockville is Rockville definitely not. I disagree. It, Rockville likes their mid range decks and they like their combo. That's why. Like Sovereigns did really well today. Uh, a couple Doran decks I think believe were also in the top eight. Wow. I guess no one was playing Wall of Detail. Others. What's the best mid range deck? Rock fairies. Rock. It's fairies. No, Doran. Doran is easily the best mid-range no. deck. No, no, also wrong. Doran's horrible. Doran's okay, horrible. The, Doran the, is terrible right, right now. The fairies deck that I played, I would never consider mid-range because no, I, I have I have four X Scion Abuna. If I was playing, if I was playing two small Jace and extra removal spells, I would consider my fairies deck mid-range. It's, it's tempo mid-range. control. It's tempo control. I don't want to get hung up on on semantics. No, no, no. I, no, I good do. good old fairies is tempo. The new one with that runs just a lot of Sign of Unas and just tries to beat down with fairies. I feel like it's just... Okay. So, okay. so Chris, let me, let me go back to what, <laughs> what you were talking about with um, being a step ahead. Sure. Uh, and if if people expected fairies to be out in force, that, that they have to uh, figure out what beats that. And so so we established that, oh, well, this Wooly Thoktar deck that, that's Naya, that, that plays just giant monsters and has uh, just Cutting Spark Mage Basilisk Collar for removal, that's, that's the spot that people are going to choose to beat fairies with yeah and so you said okay well let's be one step ahead mm-hmm. that's why i said oh let's be let's be this control deck uh and as casby felt with full force in round one the white blue control deck just bent him over yeah he, he just had no chance god i should have played that and that's what i wanted to play that's so, what I'm so I, I feel like extended is the kind of format that is diverse enough that you can't have a good matchup against everything and so no. like is metagaming, like, I don't want to say metagaming's dead. I don't want to say that it's, like, pointless. It's not dead but, or pointless, but no one knows how to do it. Well, but, again, well, like, but again was... like, you can you can be one step ahead, but I played against blue-white, and I played against blue-white and five-color, and I just completely destroyed it, because I just went I just went backwards. I, I played previous level, sure. previous level meta. And sometimes that works. And, and ab- absolutely killed people. Uh-huh. So, I, I, like... Meta metagaming is hard. Also, your play has been <laughs> your play has been pretty tight recently. Uh, but I've been playing fairies for years. Yeah, and but like okay, I I played three fairies mirrors this weekend. Didn't lose a single one, and I didn't feel like they were close. Um, I the best game I had was against Dan Jordan in Burlington, and uh, like we had a really good match. But I felt like in game three he was getting frustrated, and he jumped the gun on a couple plays, and like he just. Started making the first move. Yeah. He, he just like and that's a bad idea. Yeah, he uh, he he main phased a disfigure at some point Ooh. for for a for a for a manland attack or something that like he was he was gonna get a little bit offensive with me and sure. um, hoping that I would hoping that it would force me into action on his mutable ball mm-hmm. and so I didn't do anything and so he tried to second main phase bitter blossom because I didn't do anything yeah. and uh, that didn't resolve. Obviously, uh, I got my bitter blossom into play. And uh, it tapped me low. I had to fight a counterspell war over the Bitter Blossom, and then he got his own. He got his in play. We had the classic like the 
the fairy's mirror is oh, I don't, like, I don't about a bitter boss. I don't well I don't wanna, I don't want to get into it like I too do. too heavily. Say as much as you like to say. The the fairy's mirror is is the stupidest looking board I've ever seen. Agreed. It, <laughs> unless you're playing it. Like if you're watching it, it's excruciating. You like watching it is just like watching paint dry. You're like Jesus. Yeah. Like what the hell? Like are these guys having fun at all? Yeah. But it's super fun. It like once you get into it and you start to like really understand the the mechanics of what's going on, it's it it is a mind game like you've never played. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's been this way throughout every format, throughout every rotation that's happened. Uh, regardless of the cards in there. In a mirror situation, there there might be a couple cards different. Like I had Pepper Smokes in mine, and he had Jace's in his. So again, it was very close. Um, Pepper Smokes gonna push you over the edge, though. Usually, yeah. The fairies mirror generally comes down to the Bitter Blossom. Yeah. And in games that in games that one guy has a Bitter Blossom and the other guy doesn't, and it just sits on the table for even a turn. If it sits on the table for a turn, and then you get rid of it, usually not good enough. Like, at that point, you've, you've tapped out, I get to do more stuff, it's over. It, in games where the guy, like, where both people have Bitter Blossom, those are closer. Um, it can come down to who's on the play, or who has a creeping carpet. Um, but the the best games that we had, and I, I'm going to say that the, the ones against Dan Jordan that I had, were were not defined by Bitter Blossom because he had uh he he literally every single every single game, turn one, duress effect me, got the bitter blossom out of my hand. Well I like I kept a seven carter every time that had a bitter blossom that could cast it. And every time he stripped it. Wow. And so the key was to mull into a hand well, that didn't include bitter blossom. <laughs> so so in, so instead game him. Yeah. <laughs> like what what he did instead was uh uh waited waited and waited on his to try to find a spot to get it into play and uh by by waiting and waiting and waiting give you more it, draws. It, it, it it put him in the position of at this point because I don't have bitter blossom, I'm now playing the Wait, I'm, I'm now playing the wait and see game. I'm now just sitting here playing Drago, and uh, because he's not doing anything, he's trying to find an opening to get his thing into play. I can just sit here and play Drago for a long time, yeah. and he's going to try to do things like end of your turn Vendillion clique to try to get me to respond to it. And you're like disfigure. Uh, yeah, I'm like, uh, or or sometimes I'm just like do nothing. Like it, like I'll just show you my hand. Like there there was a moment where I was just like. I, I have a seven card hand. I'm like, okay, like here's my whole hand. Like, I, you can just have all the information because my hand is good enough that I don't think you have a spot like with the mana you have available to right. do it. And it really, it really comes down to player skill, knowing your spot, and and especially like once once he had all the information from my hand, uh, like he he got to a point where he was feeling confident enough that he could get it into play, but. The Vendillion clique doesn't give you perfect information, especially if you push a card. If you push a card and then I get a draw step, right? I have two, two free, free. I have two cards. free cards, and I, yeah, I'll definitely draw something in those two free cards. I Obviously, could, I could whiff. Sure. Yeah, land, land. Like that happens all the time. I mean, chances that I whiff are kind of low. I mean, uh, the deck plays twenty six lands, and which is kind of high for a fairy's deck. Uh, actually, I think twenty five was the. It seems normal. 
I, I thought 25 was the normal Internagra metagame uh, back in the day, but I can't remember exactly. Uh, those were decks that all had Ancestral Visions, though. That's true. This uh, this is a era of Fairies decks where you have to choose between... Uh, this, this is the takeaway, people. The Fairies decks are either four Scion decks or Jace Bellerin plus extra removal spell decks. Yep. And if they, like, once you figure out which one they are, you're going to know what their game plan is. The Scion decks are going to switch their game plan at some point. They're going to get the game to a certain spot and go, all right, we're now, to kill you. We're now into the aggressive mode. Yeah. I now have a, a, a board position. Like, generally, it's just I have enough mana. As long as I have enough mana to start an aggressive metagame plus keep up a mana leak or plus keep up a spell setter sprite, at that point, the, the, the game has shifted. Yeah. And you're done. And as Kazby was saying earlier, I was actually going to comment on this when he said it. I feel like when you say Fairies is a mid-range deck, you're talking about the Scion decks. Because, yeah, yeah, and I mean, there's two different kinds of Fairies, and I think that the Scion decks are probably the less awesome of the two. But they are the ones who appear to be disagree. doing well. The ju- They're the, the ones who appear to be doing well. It just well. feels that way, maybe. Well, the, the Scion decks, it looks like, just they just have a plan A and a plan B. They have, like, different ways they can go about the game. Scion is able to uh, blank removal every once in a while. Yeah. Um, I, I had a I had a really embarrassing play today that I'm just going to go ahead and own up to. It was, sure. Uh, I'm playing against Jund. It's game, it's game three. I'm on the play. I hit a turn two Bitter Blossom. He, he kind of sighs, and he's like, wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. He, makes, uh, he makes a turn two tap land. It has no play. I'm okay. like, wow, okay. I go to 19. Nice life. I play uh, a Creeping Carpet tapped. Okay. And I'm like, well, I have this Mana Leak, and I have this Bitter Blossom. You play uh, another Bitter Blossom? So I just landed a second Bitter Blossom, and he... Oh, un- like, I so, would have gone there. No, no, no. So he, uh, so he untapped and emails from Pulse Me. Oh. Like, like ob- just obviously. Oh, obviously. And I'm like, oh, well, that's pretty bad for me. Yeah. And then I go back and I look at my hand, I'm like, wow... I had an untapped land and a scion in my hand that I could have just run. But like I could have just run. I could have just like easily have have played the land differently, played the scion differently. <laughs> yeah. And th- there was just a Remember cl- that th- Jung just plays Maelstrom poles? There was just a, <laughs> there was just clearly a better line that I Yeah, not being an idiot. <laughs> I, I in- intentionally What are you gonna do? Go aggro on the Jund deck? It just felt really good to, to have like, two oh, bit, It just felt really good to have so two bitter blossoms. Walk into a that were that were on a <laughs> And oh, I mean like, like black fairies all over this board. I ended I ended up pulling that one out. That's uh, good. It was it was close, but I ended up pulling that one out. Because you gave him all the outs. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just uh, You just tell him ahead of time, sir, I'm gonna play out two more bitter blossoms. It was just let you know. Just save was, that mushroom. Oh, okay. You should say that and only have one. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest, it was fueled by two cryptic commands. Oh, like, nice. I mean, just like the end of the game was fueled by two cryptic commands. Sure. And, I, and sometimes very does that. Unapo- unapologetically double cryptic command. And I, I feel like that's the, the part of this I haven't discussed, but if you guys don't know, Cryptic Command's the best spell in the format. I agree. Just hands down, I can't name a better spell than Cryptic Command. I can't think of anything better than you want to do with like, four mana. I don't know, like, Goblin Guide might be close. No? But, no? <laughs> like, I, like, it's a different archetype, but, like, on power level, I feel like Goblin Guide might be close. You know what really pisses me off is that Doran has dropped out of favor. And it, it's, like... I understand that Dorian did fairly well on, in Rockville, but Brian Gibbler uh, released a really good article earlier this week that was like, hey, this is why Dorian is dead. And it's a good reason. Uh, first off, 
Wall of Omens. Ma- uh, Doran makes Wall of Omens the sickest fucking card ever. Uh, also, Doran is all about a deck where you play mediocre attackers and or do nothing cards like Harbinger, and then land a Doran and kill the fuck out of people. So fairies is like, hey, I'll just wait till I counter your one relevant spell. And <laughs> so go play with Doran. Like literally, kill yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry, you're done with that. Like, I'll swing. It's like okay, sure. Kill it. Kill it. Or or just don't ever let it resolve because what's Doran gonna do? Like there's not enough there's not enough discard in Doran to actually make all the counter spells go away. There's too many counter spells in that deck. Uh, so I have a question then. If if these Wooly Thoughtar decks are playing turn two Wooly Thoughtars because they're turn two threats. So how is a how is a turn two Doran the Siege Tower not on the same level? Never happens. Why turn two Doran Siege Tower is not the deck. I can play eight Birds of Paradise just as easily and make a turn two Doran. Well, then that's how you should be playing your Doran decks. But Doran as it was does not exist like, and it should not. So exist. is it because they're choosing Trifo Carbinger over eight Birds, so they never get turn two Doran? And that's something that they talked about in the article. Is actually there was a no, it was like a one or two Harbinger deck that uh, oh God, what's his name? Um, he did really well at the five K or the invitation, not the. Was it the 5K or the Invitational? Doesn't matter. Uh, in Richmond. Uh, he did really well there. He, uh, I think he, I, I'm pretty sure he won the 5K. Regardless, he did really well uh, in, in Worlds with a Doran deck that was running more removal, like Path to Exile and that kind of crap. And no, pretty much next to no Treefold Har- Carbingers. And uh, Kibler actually mentioned this. He said... If you're going to play a Doran deck, this is kind of the Doran deck you want to be playing, is your turn two Doran deck. Because then you're actually playing a deck where, where you're like, threat, 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 early game. And that's how Doran originally was when you played in Standard, is you literally were like, hey, turn two Doran, uh, or turn one Duress Effect, turn three Doran. Like, I mean, and either, either play option is pretty good. I feel like this deck, for whatever reason, just it, it, nobody is playing it. But it, it certainly seems like it has all the tools to be successful. You just have to build it in a correct way. A lot of people if, are if you're using, it on the internet. Well, if you're still using um, Trifo Carpenter and Lone Lion, you're right, like you're just you're behind the curve, yes. right? Yes. Uh, like Lone I mean, Lion, think Lone, about spell setters right these days. Well, yeah, exactly. Lone Lion and Trifo Carpenter, they're pretty cool cards. They do good work, but you have to you have to choose your spot, right? Oh, yeah, and I, I mean definitely, but choosing your spot is so much harder these days. Also, I'd like to make a correction to my own talk about worlds <laughs> in the past three weeks. Uh, either I'm wrong or Kibler's wrong, and I'd like to give the credit to Kibler because he probably knows more about what the hell he's talking about. But he was he, there. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but, he watched uh, his boat sink. <laughs> he, said, he said in his article, uh, fairies did fairly well at worlds. Uh... I don't know. He said it was it was a pretty it was pretty low showing, but did really well for what it was in the tournament. Now, so it's okay. like a lot of four one ones and shit like that. Yeah, like yeah. shit that we didn't see on the internet. Yeah. So I mean, basically, fairies has been there the whole time, but people tested better against it at worlds. So as for the past couple of weeks, I've been saying, hey, fairies didn't show up. Fairies were, wasn't very good. Blah blah blah. I was wrong. Apparently, it was there. You just couldn't find the evidence on the internet. Varies is here, and it's good. It's been good. And uh, so, I think, uh, can we define the, the, the couple biggest decks in Extended before we go on break? Sure. Uh, well, I think, real quick, this is really funny. What, what, are, the, what are the biggest decks? Well, uh, 
I, I want to say, based on this weekend, it looks like Jun, Naya, Fairies, uh, Prismatic Omens deck will just kind of loop together because it seems like there's various builds of it. Um, Is that still around? Prismatic yeah. Omens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, Escape Shift and Wargate. Okay. And that seems like... That seems like good. about where and, we're and at. And Red Deck wins. And Red Deck wins. Yeah. Well, not that I really it's want to give credit to that deck ever. Red, Red Deck seems very Red fringe. Red Deck is always showing up. It is. I mean, <laughs> Whether it's, or not it's it, it wins it or not, it's it's always showing up. You will always play against it. Um, but that being said, uh, I was listening earlier. Like I said, I was hanging out at home. When I, I came home from the PTQ earlier because I did much worse than everyone else. Um, so I got home and I actually listened to the A-Team. And it was funny because it was Patrick Chapin just tearing into them. Yeah. But, um... They talked a little bit about Extended, and apparently Chapin doesn't really think that Naya is like... He's like, it's a tier 2 deck. It doesn't seem like a big force. It's, it doesn't feel like Naya, a very good Naya deck. is preying on Fairy's dominance. Yeah. As soon as, fair, as soon as Fairy's goes away, or it stops being... Which the, is very soon. As soon as Fairy stops being the number one deck, and something else tends to get... Like, just, just edges it out by a little bit. Uh, whether Even if it's just the Naya deck. Even if it's just the Naya mirrors yeah. preying on each other, or Jund happens to like start playing some anti Naya cards or something. Yeah. Um, once the Naya mirrors, a nightmare. Like, Naya <laughs> is going to be one of these kind of decks that is it's a it's a two to three week deck. It's not a full season deck. Now, let's make a prediction. As scroll. Okay. I honestly feel like five color is going to come back into force, and it's going to be able to prey on Naya because of Day of Judgment. Deck. Uh, I feel like Day of Judgment and Path. I feel like four-color control doesn't do it. And I'm, the reason I'm saying that is not because they don't have the tools to, but because blue-white is actually just a better control deck than four-color. So, so so blue-white is your prediction for next week's uh, actually doing well. Okay, well, next um, week is Grand Prix Atlanta. So it's a big stage where uh, we might see something completely new come out, where, sure, where, really where, cool. people, where people just have their own brew. And uh, I think that... Easily, the next couple decks, uh, the, the the big decks for Atlanta, um, they're going to be Jund, Fairies, Naya, Prismatic Omen, something, and and Blue White. I don't, I don't expect you just listed all the new I, decks. I don't expect four color control to be in that list. I really don't. All right, that's fine. All right. my prediction's a top eight of Grand Prix Atlanta. I say there and, is. And to, hang on, to win the event, Fairies. All right, I'm I'm, I'm sticking with Fairies. Fairies has just as much diversity as Four Color does, but the reason that I like Four Color is because I've kind of got a boner for that deck, so... Casby, what's your prediction? I think that we are going to see a Fauna Shaman deck. It's either going to be Bant or Jund. I don't think Anaya is going to make Bant? it to the top. I don't know about yes. Bant. Mark my words. Top right. 8 of Atlanta. Casby, There's going to be a Bant Fauna Shaman deck. Alright. There's also going to be a Grixis deck. Really? I, w- I would believe that, actually. Um, I think Grixis is coming back? I think that there's enough people playing it now, and there's enough good players, like, brewing on it, that it's going to be good enough. Coral Tomato or no? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's, going to, it's going to be a Cryptic Command deck. Right. No, I'm, I'm, off, I'm off the train again. Okay. All right. I think there's going to be a Grixis deck centered around... My, my Grixis deck is Sig River Guide, Lightning, Vendillion. Oh, that's awful. That's, that's the Grixis deck. Those are a lot of good cards, but yeah. that is awful. Um... Yeah, so I, that that's what I'm that that's what I'm saying. There's going to be a Fauna Shaman deck in the top eight. And there's going to be a Grixis centric deck. All right, let's go on break. Where are my cup? My, my cup runneth dry. 
Agreed. And and my cigarette needs a smoking. All right, guys, we're gonna we're gonna come back. Uh, Scrubland hasn't done a break in a while. Agreed. This feels this feels good. It feels good. I was gonna uh, just about to say that actually. Welcome back to Constructed, boys. <laughs> See you in a little while. Hey guys, uh, we are back from our break. <laughs> Uh, we want to be your friends. We just finished talking about how DCL has a man crush on Kenny. He's <laughs> and Burroughs. You can, you can, you can Both of them. Burroughs is just actually jerking off. In the he corner. looks like Mr. Clean. And that guy's, you know. Not, not quite as butch as Mr. Clean, but. Yeah, but that guy's beefy. He has he's, no he's, hearing his right ear. Did you know true. Mr. Clean was gay? I hope so. He was, actually. He's just man enough to know that he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> He's man enough to pick up a mop, I'll tell you that. <laughs> he was supposedly when they... Oh, I've yeah. actually never seen Mr. Clean with a mop. That's his... That's He's his, always just got his arms crossed. It's true. That's He's his, just like, I am the man. I'm the bald motherfucking man. Oh. No, but actually... Uh, so that must have just been in my fanfiction. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if there was like something on purpose, like making the brawny dude, like... A lumberjack, yeah, and making Mr. He's clean brawny. like this. Well, I'm just saying, like these cleaning products, which are obviously made for women. Yeah, they put... <laughs> if you're walking down the if you're walking down the the road in, or the the road the aisle in the grocery store, and you see like you have like the picture of like the fluffy dog or the cute baby or the the the, the, the man. man. Do you want to be my fag hag? I'm Mr. Clean. I'm Mr. Clean. I'll <laughs> soak it all up. And, yeah, you know. <laughs> Uh, make a meth prince. I thought he would clean it up. <laughs> yeah, the advertising hey. clean team really actually did make him get. Hey, you know what? You know what cleaned up this weekend? Uh, uh, red green shamans. Yeah, tell me all about uh, it. So this deck was freaking bizarre. So it, I guess it first got spoiled by Gavin Verhey on Star City. Can we say uh, can got, say his name right? I heard it for the first time today. Verhey. He said it himself. Verhey. Okay, oh, sure. the SCG live, yeah, the live cast shit. or whatever. With, um, with Yo MTG Taps, uh, Joey Pasco. That's right. So, uh, he he originally spoiled the deck. I don't know if he built it or he'd work it on it or, or whatever, but uh, it got spoiled there. And then I believe, uh, I don't want to get it wrong, but I believe it was Jake Van Lunen that writes Building on a Budget? Yes. Uh, also picked it up for his article. Um, wrote something for the Mothership on it. Yeah. And, uh, so this weekend at the Balto at the Rocco PTQ, it showed up. At least two, I think three versions of it showed up, and we're we're doing ki- well. kind of wrecking house. Van Lunen decks are actually always fairly decent. Yeah, I mean, I pl- I played the I played that Jun Tokens deck, and it was it was a ton of fun, and it actually did all right. I, like, and it wasn't even it wasn't the budget version, yeah. mind you, but it, it certainly it was a kernel of a deck that did something really cool. I took it, molded it, made it sideboard, and and birthed it yeah. in, into a GPT. When Wizards picked him up as a building on a budget uh, writer, they did a really fucking good thing. Like, Van Luden decks, they are building on a budget because, like, they are what they are, but he literally, on, on a lot of his articles, he says, eh, well, if you don't want to play a budget version, check this out and tool with it. And, like... Gives you good cards He to play gives with you it. good cards to play with him. Like, his building on a budget versions are never bad. He even tests them on Moto, and he does pretty well, but... Do, do you guys feel like the the Mothership, da- DailyMTG.com uh, articles are underappreciated? Yes. I feel like they are. But like oh, when, I when, I, when I first started playing Magic, 
it was I didn't know about any other site yeah. other than the Magic site. Sure. And so I went on the official Magic site and I read official Magic coverage. Right. And that was all I had for a little while until Teddy Newton started writing like uh, this uh, Magic Academy. Yeah. And uh, it it actually elevated my game, which uh, like sounds ridiculous to me now thinking about it. Right. But it was it was you just like it was just like hey these are fundamentals that like. Even if you think you already know this, try reading this. Yeah. Um, it was really cool. I feel like the Mothership articles, uh, some of... I feel like they get underappreciated because they're playing to a really big audience. Yeah. Because they have... The, the, the reason that the wizard that Wizards picks them up is to write for the most broad audience that they could possibly write to. And we're talking, like, casual players that may want to go tournament grinding... Or just casual players that want to play casually, like as casual as you as, can. As well as the most tournament heavy guys, because that's where they make all their announcements. Yeah. They make all their announcements about banned restricted lists and spoilers and things like that. And then in addition to that, they have all this designer stuff, because a lot of people just like the the meta of magic. Yeah. Like, oh, magic is interesting. And I, I really, I have a cool, like, what if they made an infect card that did this? Yeah. And, like, I hate that. Uh, T- today, um, I-, I kibitzed a conversation where they were they were just sitting around discussing. They were like trade bindering, and they were just discussing like we just want an enchantment that says all creatures have infect, all creatures, a, like a, yeah. a, a global board enchantment. And they were like discussing like, well, what does that have to cost? How much? Like, is it is that too good? What's you know, its what's its rarity? You know what's awesome is when Mo- Mark Rosewater writes an article, it's really always a good read like literally i've never read a rosewater article that i hate, that i dislike or hate some of them are difficult reads i think yeah i know i mean like <laughs> not not always well written but yeah. interesting in some way uh, well sometimes they just get a little bit too intelligent oh uh, like, yeah. like sometimes they're just like wow you're really like digging deep on like some some philosophical type things to, yeah. to find inspiration here yeah um but i mean like when you design for a game that has like 200 cards per set and you're like the lead designer. You pretty much have to. I recently, like, I recently read a set. It was, it, it was, it was just an article about naming magic cards. And they were like, oh, uh, there are eleven thousand or fifteen thousand unique magic cards. Yep. And naming them is kind of hard at this point. Yeah. Cause, well, because he was like, a lot of the really good games are just taken, like zap, yeah. invisibility. Uh, but they were really smart when they made it, and they were like, we're not going to make skeleton. And we're no. not going to make Angel. Right. So instead, we made Drudge Skeletons. We made Sarah Angel. Right. And because we did that, magic's infinite. Yeah. You, like, I can go to any plane, add a proper noun, I got a brand new Angel. Yep. And it might be similar to something that happened before, but you know what? It's That's cool. a new card. And you know, like, if I want to make Desolation Angel again, like, Desolation, like, it's it's a card that happened before, but it's a generic enough name. Reimagine the whole DOM card. Sure. It, like, print print the same mechanics, but... New flavor text, new art, new, and it's a brand new card. It goes in the same cool new thing. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, actually. What do you think? Yeah, he's been quiet for a while. Speaking, we're talking about stuff that doesn't matter. <laughs> you, you love this stuff. I love this stuff. I love flavor. No, like, I, I mean, I, I really like the the mothership like articles and stuff. I think that they they provide a very good foundation for. I guess, I guess strategy and stuff like that. I think your, a lot of your in-depth stuff is going to come from your pros. Better articles from yeah, pros, like, obviously. Well, the thing, about, the thing about when you go to Star City and Channel Fireball and stuff like that, 
they have very focused and very. It's super hit and miss. Yeah. No, I, no. I mean, that that being said, like that's, you know, that's like, the big problem. So, I, so is the mothership articles. Like sometimes, yeah, uh, yeah. But I, I can give them a pass because they're writing to the broad audience. I guess that's that's my excuse for them. But I, I feel like with with strategy articles on independent websites, it is a a very author by author basis, and you have to. You have to identify with a, an individual author that you really like. There are, uh, for a long time, I really, really liked uh, Benjamin Peoples Mundy and Noah Weil. And uh, uh, who's the kid that went to um, that went to Wizards R and D that wrote for the Free Side? Uh, Ken um, Nagel. No, 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 no not... he wrote for Star City. Yeah. Uh, uh... Gosh. He had he he went to Malaysia for a while. Man, couldn't, couldn't tell you for sure. Oh man. He's a really good guy. Okay. Uh, Zach Hill. Oh, Zach, Zach Hill, yeah. Zach yeah. Hill. Um, He's a nice guy. He is nice. Well, and I always really liked his articles. They were always really genuine, and they were always just super, super um, interesting. They, 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 they were always very honest and just like, these are the experiences I'm having in my life. And this is how they relate to magic. I, I traveled to Malaysia for this independent uh, like uh, language program, and found a hobby shop with a bunch of kids that only like speak yeah. uh, magic, magic. Arabic. <laughs> they, they, they only speak Arabic or something, sure, whatever sure. they speak. And he's like, it was a really difficult experience for like two weeks, but now I go there every week. And it turns out, I don't know, these kids are just as good as the kids at home. Yeah. They like, some of them are really good. Some are really bad, but this game is universal. Yeah, exactly. And that like, uh, I also feel like sometimes magic authors can be really bad. Yeah. And well, yeah. Like, do you want to call out names? Like, maybe. Yes. Uh, How about Sanchez? Uh, Sanchez stopped writing. Well, so, good for him. <laughs> so, th- I, like, the best thing about his articles was the MS Paint. <laughs> uh, I always really enjoyed those, dude. Um, Sanchez I, makes me want to die when I read him. And and uh, sorry, Kyle Sanchez, if you ever get to listen to this, but I really have always hated every deck you've ever put out. What crab go? The de- the no, de- I hated that too. All right, the decks were really bad, but the the, the writing was entertaining. That's why that's why he he stayed on. I um, can't even give you that. <laughs> uh, my my bottom of the barrel guy is probably Alex Silvestri. I can't, oh, I dude, can't, that's CFB. I can't stand that guy, dude. I his okay, I love so, his. It's so off base. I love his enthusiasm. I love his enthusiasm. But thank God he stopped writing for Channel Fireball. I love Channel Fireball. What? Like I do. do. Are you sure he stopped writing? I haven't seen him in multiple weeks. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. You guys are mean. Okay. It's hard to write an article. If you read these okay, articles, you know what? I could basis. write an article that didn't have twelve graphs. Twelve graphs and a bunch of science. Okay, the guy is a scientist by by profession. He writes these like thesis articles on some shit that I don't care about, and he write and, and he tries to deck build too. His decks were almost as bad as Kyle Sanchez. It's it would it would be like if Evan Irwin wrote articles, except Evan, like Evan Irwin, you only have to put up with him for like twelve seconds. No, 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 because he's like this card's really really good, and then Sean McEwen goes this art this okay. card is really really good, except uh, here's a ton of information about yeah. it. And I'm I'm sorry, like I ju- I jumped authors there, but Sean, you gotta like break up your paragraphs, man, dude, because that's a wall of text. I have never been able to handle. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll tell you what, Sean. I'll give, the only thing I ever have to say about Sean is uh, the is one nice thing. It's because 
I played against him in a PTQ one time, and he was super. He was super nice because I he, okay. First off, he looked at the bottom card of my deck, like basically it, cheated. Yeah. Then I I was shuffling his deck and I dropped a bunch of cards on the floor because I was side shuffling and it just dropped. Like that shit happens sometimes. New sleeves. Called a judge. He came and did that. Then he looked at his opening seven without rolling the dice, and I was like, "What's going on here? Like this is like..." So did you call a judge? Yeah, I, I called a judge again because I called the first judge to come get the cards off the floor because I didn't want to look at his cards. Yeah, I was like, can you grab those cards and put them face down on top of this deck? And then he also, and so, then he also looked at his seven without the rolling the dice. And the judge came over and was like, "Okay, guess what? Roll some dice." And then he won, and it was like, "All right, no problem." Player play draw. Really? Well, if you yeah. if you look oh, at your did, hand, I'd appeal that. I would definitely no, 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 appeal no, no, no. that. I don't know. So my understanding, what happens is, if you look at your hand before the dice has been rolled, if you roll, win the die roll, you have to play. That's... This is what I've been told. Really? Well, yes. whatever. It doesn't matter. He was going to play anyway. It's It was extended. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's a common... Like, it doesn't matter. He rolled it. We rolled the dice. He looked at his opening seven. and Or, he looked, sorry, he looked at his open seven. We called the judge. He, uh, he, we rolled the dice, he won, and then he kept his seven, because he was going to play anyway. Right. So it doesn't matter. But, uh, regardless, when, when he went to the article, I felt like a dickhead when I was doing it. Because I called Judge twice before the first, op- uh, before I looked at my cards. And he was like, Chris Burroughs was a good opponent. And he did this, and he had a window, and he didn't actually get there, but I felt scared. And blah, blah, blah. And, like, I was like, wow, that was a really nice way to approach it when you wrote your article. Uh, I felt like you could have painted me as an extreme dickhead. So thank you for at least not doing that. It's really important to not piss people off. And, like even though you're some random, it's like, like, like I had to do it. What well, is Who pisses people off constantly? No, but I'm saying like <laughs> like Chris. At that point, like this was a couple years ago, right? And like yeah. so, like you're a complete random. You don't have a platform to shoot back or anything. Right. And so, like first of all, he didn't have to call you out by name, and he didn't have and to he did. like and. You know, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of very delicate situations when you're writing articles, especially like because history is told by the victor, or yeah. at least who by writes the history books, right? Yes, I agree. And so, which is usually the victor. And so, if if he wants to just paint you as a total asshole that he called the judge that. twice, he could have done that. Yeah, but you know, I, I was forced to like I, like I had no choice. People who were listening to this, if you have that problem. Call the judge anyway if you feel like, even if you feel like you're being a dickhead, because it's the rules. Like, please don't ignore the rules because you feel like your opponent is recognized on the internet. Don't ignore the rules because you know your your opponent has played on the Pro Tour. Like, people like that make mistakes anyway. I, I did it today. I, um... I let somebody slide on a rule that I... I, I and directly after I did it, I said... Did I lose the fire? Why did I let him slide on this? Yeah. Uh, it, it was a match I felt I was going to win anyway. Sure. But after sideboarding, I piled out his deck again sure. to make sure that he still had 61. Because you do that Be- all the time Because now. he was playing 61. Sure. And as I was piling out his deck, I noticed that uh, two of the cards that uh, I was piling out were facing the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked at it, and I, I just asked him. I was like, why are these cards facing the opposite direction? And he kind of gave me this, like, stunned, like, uh, I don't know. Because it was round one. He was not playing a good deck. I was sure. definitely going to win this round. I, like, And I was like, okay, in the future, you cannot do this. Sure. I could legitimately get you a game loss right now, but I don't want you to just 
lose. Right. So we can play it out. <laughs> I want to beat you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've done that okay. ag- again. It's it's a it's a goodwill gesture that, yeah. like, especially if I feel like I'm not gonna like lose this round, I don't feel like I need to smash you into the ground like yeah. that. But that's the kind of stuff that you cannot do. No, you really can't. I've done that. I've done. I've actually done the exact same thing as you're talking about three times in my playing career. Been the nice guy. Been the nice guy. And actually, I feel like karma kind of touched back on me there because I've never lost one of those matches. Like there was a guy playing. Uh, what's the card where it's a one in a red burning wish? He was playing burning wish in Teps, I want to say. Okay. And I was playing Dredge, and uh, he burning wished in game one for something irrelevant that I ended up killing him anyway. And uh, he left the Burning Wish outside of his sideboard pile. but So it was like 15-card sideboard plus Burning Wish. And then he sideboarded. <laughs> yeah. Then he sideboarded and he presented his deck. And I was like, don't present your deck. Put your Burning Wish back in wherever you want it. And he was like... That's a definite game loss. Yeah, that's a definite game loss. And I was like, just do it. Because that would make me feel really shitty if that happened. I ended up crushing him into the ground. But these, like, honestly, today, if that happened... I may very well take the game loss. Like, I don't want to lose anymore. Like, at that time, like, it was Grand Prix Philly. It was my first Grand Prix ever. I was like, don't make me do this. I want to have fun. I want to make this the best day ever. Like, I want to feel like I earned it. It's my first day on the road. Literally, it was my first time ever to go on the road, get a hotel, get my sweet-ass time. I wanted to earn every victory that I got. And it worked out for me because I fucked him into the ground. Like, the... (laughs) The other, one of the other, um, one of my favorites, uh, just, just as a side note, if I can tell the story. Tell the story. Goblin opponent, uh, same season, I'm playing Dredge again because Dredge was my deck that season, and uh, he, he is so mad after game one that I just Icarid him to death, because he's got a bunch of dudes that he could have blocked with, but I kept either, I don't know, just powering through them, basically. That is Icarid, not Icaratted. Sorry. Go ahead and go ahead and take. Icaridid, I believe I said, but Icarid, uh, Icarid just powered through. No, Icarat is a card now. So yeah, I know. I just, right, wanted, right. I just wanted to clarify for the people: you weren't adding poison counters to the <laughs> that. That'd be cool, though. <laughs> I, I, I had multiple Icarids uh, screwing his face up, and so game two, he piles me into piles of three, and because a lot of people do that when they think that they're going to lose or that they're mad because they're like. I'm going to screw this guy's deck up. But he doesn't realize I'm playing Dredge. So if I get multiple piles of the same card, I'm happy. So I literally, on turn two, had all four Icarids and the Acroma coming at his face. He was so mad. He actually just picked up his cards, threw them on the table, and walked away. And it took him ten minutes to come back and pick up his cards again and then leave the site. Did, did you just, like, slide him the match flip? <laughs> at the same time, like, I mean, like, I like, mean, excuse me, temper tantrum. Yeah, could you, you sign, sign could this? Could you sign this <laughs> real quick? Yeah. I mean, like, I, I, I could pre-check the drop box if you want. <laughs> Would have been so good. <laughs> Would have been so good. That guy, I don't know. I, he's, he's, he considers himself something of a badass. And I've never lost in this tournament, so... When you flip the table over, it's a pretty badass move. Oh, straight up. I mean, like... <laughs> like, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a for real Armageddon, not just for you, but for other people. You're just like, boof. My dog is farting and Casby spraying all kinds of Febreze all around. My, my, my dog is on a, on a full soft food diet. This is all getting cut, I guess.
But, you know, my dog's on a full soft food diet because he's had some diarrhea problems. Gross. And uh, he's got some wicked doggy farts. Gross. And he likes to sleep right behind Chris Casby while we're doing the podcast. It's true. And... And he's gassy. And he's so gassy. Um, he's the gassiest miniature schnauzer. It's adorable. So, let's talk about uh, a little bit of Standard, because there was a... Oh, people San love Jose, the Standard. There was a San Jose uh, Star City 5K event today. and uh, Yesterday, sorry. Prozac took it down. Uh, did you see that stacked top four? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Fuck Kibler, Kibler Matt Nasty, Burton Cheney, and Adam Prozac. Yep, pretty sick. Like, it felt like a pro tour when I looked at the top eight. I was like, damn. Is it, it's the kind of match where they're like, okay, can we just like hold both, hold the other match, get this one all on camera, yeah. go get the other one all on camera? Yeah. Well, look, here's here's another thing. It's too bad. All four of those players are fucking amazing for the game. Mm-hmm. Like they're all like they're all like name people. Like everyone knows who they are now. Yeah. Like the especially Dragon like Master. fucking Kibler and Nasty. Like yeah. they're just such good. They're so good for the community. Like they're so good. Like with players. Agreed. Like. You know, when players come up to them and talk to them, they're always like, they're never like shitty. They're always like, hey, blah, blah, blah. Honestly, like, stop whatever they're doing and they just talk to people, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and you then, know, and, and on they, top of that, they display their fucking skill by fucking doing top four in this event. Like, it's amazing. Like, and Burton Teeny, like, we are, like, we know him personally. Like, he's just the nicest guy in the world. He really is. And, like, he just apparently is. On his way to becoming a professional magic player, like on the reels. Yeah. Like, because every event I mean, this guy plays at, he feels like top stopping eights. top eighting top five gays and going on the pro tour. Yeah. <laughs> he's, just, he's just on the Star City payroll. Yeah. That's, that's all. Well, it's funny because it was like, now. yeah, come on. You know, they do the top eight <laughs> profiles and they, Burton Genie's on there and he's like, they're like, uh, magic accomplishment you're most proud of. And he's like, zero PTQ wins. But <laughs> 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 I was like, that dude's awesome. Yeah. I can't wait till they turn 20. Ha- having, uh, having, a, having a fully powered cube. Just, yeah. you know, for funsies. For funs. Yeah. It's like, uh, nice. I couldn't find my beta power, so we're just going to play with this unlimited power. Yeah, right. Um, so so what, what was good in standard this week? I love Kibler because he took yeah. Congo. He did. And he fucking fucked everyone's faces with squadron hogs man just again just again yeah. uh there's another dude Stev, steve edelston i think his name was steve edelston yeah uh he took a very similar build of cargo and he top aided with it i think he ended up in like fifth or sixth place yeah um but cargo is really like it, it looked like a cute little gimmick for worlds and like uh, i think kibler's been playing the, the shit out of it like he put up like a thing on star cities premium and like it's a video yeah and it's just like watching him play and like some of his card choices and he tweaked it a little bit, his list for San Jose, from his, uh, the one they did the video either. on. Yeah. Um, but Elspeth seems to be uh, a card that, like, one of his pet cards. And he's playing the shit out of her. Wasn't like, this semifinals a rug mirror? Yeah, first and second place were both rug titan decks. Uh, yeah. Burton, Cini, and Prozac. Valakut, man. Valakut disappeared, man. Uh, uh, the, the list of the top 16, there were two Valakut decks. Yeah. Um, I think... Everyone kind of recognized Valakut as the best deck, and they just started playing decks that beat it. People have been metagaming against Valakut for months now. Like, honestly, Valakut is the best deck in a goddamn vacuum, but you can beat it. it yeah. Like, if you look at the sheer numbers of, like, top 16, top 32s, it's dominated by Valakut. Yeah. It really well, is. Well, on Moto. On Moto, and, but in, like, paper, in paper games, it's, it's, not it's really dropping off. Was this weekend not that way? No. Nah. Yeah. So no, okay, so I'm, there was two in the top sixteen okay. of the Star City. So so tell me what the rug rug control does, and tell me what Cago does to beat Valakut. 
Cargo <laughs> runs four main deck spreading seas, four uh, three main deck tectonic edges. Um, but his admitted matchup law, like his bad matchup, is rug. Like he who? knows that it's not very good, Kittler. Oh, anything that that accelerates that way, like he just it's hard for him to yeah to deal with. Right. Um, I mean, spreading seas isn't, isn't going to beat the sheer amount of mana that rug can produce. So what is? Oh, the, I thought we were just talking about Valakut. Uh, we're just talking about ways to beat Valakut. So, yeah, so how does know, how does the rug deck beat Valakut? Uh, th- that's the thing is, the rug deck I think just outramps them and just plays Frost Titans. Right. They like try and shut down their green sources or tries to shut down their primeval Titans. Right. And yeah. it can counter. It can, its early game can counter out its ramp spells. Well, so the Valakut doesn't have any counter spells, and the red blue green deck does. Yeah. And that, that's pretty much it. And Okay, they're, they're all playing... They're, they're playing pretty similar well, that, styles, like, right? Well, that's the thing. Like, the rug, the rug deck is so cool because it plays on so many different levels. Like, it plays Acceleration, so it gets up to its big things early. But even just dropping a Jace on turn three is pretty big against Valakut. Um, like, you can keep them off the relevant spells. Like, you can, like, just keep them drawing whatever you think they need. Like, keep them from drawing whatever you yeah. think they need. It's like, cool, ramp the shit out of stuff. You're never going to get a Primeval Titan. Right. Like, sure, like, go ahead and play your lands. You're not going to get another ramp spell. Like. Right. It's just like if you you just evaluate the board and their play, and you you jace accordingly. Yeah, um, and that's really fucking good. I didn't just see... start fate sealing them on turn three is pretty nuts. Did Kibler play the ley line? Uh, on his board, no, no. Okay, because that's what I was wondering. Because Sarani has been advocating that ley line ever since the Invitational. So, uh, I mean... well, I mean the they're they're different decks. Like, uh, uh, but they play similar they lines. They don't play similar lines at all. They do. They do. Absolutely they do. not. No, because they have different cards that do the same thing. No, they don't. Cargo okay. Cargo is basically um, the 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 birds serve different purposes against different decks. Yes. Like the the Squadron Hawk does. Okay, Wall of Omens will never do what Squadron Hawk does. Okay, I agree. <laughs> right? So we can't say that they, they they are the same deck and they don't no, no. they don't interact on the same axis at all. They fight, they play different game plans. They play the same game plan against different decks. Squadron Hawk plays Squadron Hawk as a unanimous answer against the decks that are good right now. But you know, six months ago, Blue White played Wall of Omens against uh, uh, as a uh, equal answer to a bunch of different aggro decks. So. I, I feel that a Squadron Hawk was is the is the current answer to the metagame, but you know, it, it, you can't say that they don't do the same thing. I don't think they do. Um, they like it's weird because like Killer's build is like you just run out of Squadron Hawk on turn two. Okay, that's just yes. what you do. You sure. run out of Squadron Hawk. Sure. Like it's got it's running less mana leaks. Run two mana leaks. Uh, it's running one main deck to Prive, um, mm-hmm. and one, two main decks to Stoke Bottles, um, mm-hmm. and then Spell Pierces. So basically, you just want to run out Squadron Hawks, and you kind of want to trick your opponent into playing things into Spell Pierce. Of course. And you just want to save your Mana Leaks and your Deprives and whatnot for... A later game. Right, for four, five, and six. Yeah. You know, your Mana Leaks aren't good. Your mid-range. Pa- yeah, um, past a certain point. But that's, you know, that's why you don't play with a whole shitload of them. You right. don't want to draw a bunch of them. Um, but the, the, the Squadron Hawks just seem really good. Like, I, I, just playing them in trash decks online, like, it just puts, it just puts you in such a good position where you, like, you can kind of overextend without overextending. Right. Like, um, it lets you play the beatdown against control decks. Sure. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's way, way 
I don't want to say better, just really different. It just gives you the position to play different game plans mm -hmm. that you can't always take when you're playing Wall of Omens or defensive and cards. The only thing, and I agree with everything you've said, the only reason that I say that it does the same thing as Sorani's build is because that Sorani's build never needed to, to take the aggro to, to control decks because it had so many late-game bombs. It was just like, when you're playing against a control deck, you're just bomb, bomb, bomb until they run into the counter spells. Whereas Kibler's deck is like very control every step of the game oriented. You play your Squadron Hawk and it does a lot of things against a lot of decks. And literally, you, you can play a Squadron Hawk on turn two against every deck and it'll do something good. Right. Whether you're beating down or just blocking. Right. So, I mean, or and refilling your hand, which is really important. So, I mean, I agreed that Call Go is the, the right choice for the metagame right now. I wouldn't go that far. But I mean, I'm just if, saying, you're, it's, if your it's name fair. is Brian Kibler. <laughs> uh, it, it's a very interesting deck. Uh, it, it requires... It's some weird decision trees from what I've seen on his videos. Um, could, could you tell me what... Uh, does I, I have a couple questions about Kago. So I haven't paid attention to standard. I've dove, dove headlong oh, yeah. into extended. So, uh, questions about Kago. Does this deck have Spreading Seas main deck? Yes. yes. Four of them. Yes. yes. Okay. What is the counter spell package of this deck? It is... Three or four spell pierce? Is that what it is? Three spells pierce. Three spell pierce. Two mana leaks. One deprive. One deprive. Two stoker bubbles. Right. Uh, so that's... About seven between seven and nine counter spells. Uh, spell Pierce really that good? That good. That it's, good. it's one of its answers to Valkyrie. Yeah, Valkyrie, and it's really good in the control pierce. Valkyrie can't play uh, their explore uh, overgrown battlements anymore. Overgrown battlement is not a card that Valkyrie plays. So when they play uh, their their ramp now, it's all sorcery speed spells, and Spell Pierce just fucks the hell out of that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they're playing Harrows, and they're playing Cultivates, and they're playing You said Explorers, he's got... Which is sad that they're playing Harrows. You yeah. said he does not have four Mana Leaks, but he does have some number of Stoker Buttle. What's yes, going two. on there? Basically, Stoker Buttle is a hard counter, it's and, just as hard. is Deprive, and that's something that you really want. Um, in the Control Mirrors, when you have to resolve a counter spell against one of their opposing Jaces or right. Planeswalker or whatnot. Also, it's really good against Valakut, because you are able to take care of their Primeval Titans right. after they play it. So it's not a big deal. Like they play it, and you're like, cool, dead. Like whatever. You'll play day judgment, but they've already gotten value for it. So that means every subsequent ramp spell they draw is going to be good. Yeah. So a lot of times you just need a hard counter for a harrow or a cultivate or right. something to that effect. And uh, although you don't have a way to take advantage of the, it might as well be canceled. Okay. It I might as well be. Canceled. It's it's the same thing. Uh, other other questions I have about this deck. Uh, Jace count. Four. Four big J's. Four, four big, zero little? Uh, yeah. One on the board. One on the board. One baby uh, board. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Mm -hmm. Titan count? None. None. Zero Titan. Yeah. Uh, he did run one Sunblast Angel in his board at San Jose, which was not on his video, which I thought was very interesting. I was, I was playing with Sun Titan, or, uh, Sunblast Angel for a while. Uh, it seems really good with Gideon. Oh, yeah. And then, and then the, the White Planeswalkers is Elspeth only? Uh, and two, two Elspeth, three Gideons. Whoa! Four yeah. is his okay, so that's why there's no Titans. It's because he's all Planeswalker. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Gideon's nuts. Gideon is Insane. so good. Is he? He's really good in standard. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 I I feel like Gideon should be good enough for extended. I like, I've been advocating Gideon in extended. I haven't seen him in extended, but you know what? he seems good enough. He's gonna be all right. It's so creature centric and like 
It's it, it's good against Jund. It's I, I think it's only good. I don't know if it is good against Gideon. Jund. Gideon in extended only has a home in the white blue control decks. Yeah, as an alternate win condition, or at least sorry, some, that was my phone. Or at least some kind of uh, uh, control spell. Like if if you if people were willing to play Tumble Magnet in standard, Gideon seems like. He's on the level of a tumble magnet for extended. <laughs> and yeah, I know you guys are both daggering your hearts right now. Yeah. I do play tumble, tumble magnet. At a mention of a tumble magnet. <laughs> I do play but, tumble magnet. <laughs> like, I feel like Gideon, like, if it, it, it's, I think it's a very apt analogy. Okay. Gideon would not be good against Jund because Jund plays Mouse Circle still. But Gideon would be good against any other plan, any other deck that has a beatdown plan. I would even go so far. As to say, if you can run your fairy's opponent out of counter spells, be probably pretty good against fairies. I mean, like if I was playing white blue, I would definitely consider Gideon for my extended deck. Yeah, uh, I against Jund, he's probably decent. The I, I if you guys are screaming at your computers, I understand demigod of revenge. Yeah, will demolish Gideon's every day of the week. Oh yeah. So okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, again. Extended is starting to look more like standard. Oh yeah. So if you can take lessons from standard, and it's it's a, an entire application process, right? Of okay, well, what's winning right now, and then what's won historically? I I know that I personally have gone back into the archives, and I I wish that I had archived better when uh, this was, uh, you know, standard. like if, if I had <laughs> yeah, if I had known that this was the 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 way that extended was going to go. I wish that I had archived better of of just random standard decks that yeah. that I had played or that Agreed. I had, that I had used because if my laptop hadn't died last year, I would yeah. have the sickest fucking yeah. Um, and you know what? Let's we're we're starting anew because every single uh, from from here on out, episode uh, I think twenty one and twenty two, we got show notes up on the Facebook. Yep, and I've just been uh, making an effort to take good lists from the week. Put them into a Word document and get them up on Just the list site. Them up. And and you know what? It they it's not a comprehensive list. It's not anything that you know is is definitive. However, it's things that were really good for that week. Yeah. They come from a multiple variety of sources, and and you can use it as a reference. It's a good reference material. And if if we keep doing this long enough, in in a couple years, maybe we'll come back and reference you know show notes from a, from a while ago and be like. Well, what was really good last extended season? Yeah. What was really good what last standard season? And I, 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 it's it's an effort that I'm using to actually better myself, and yeah. I'm doing it in a public forum so I can help you guys out too. Absolutely. Now, all right. So uh, something else I'd like to talk about because not a lot of people are covering it right now, but it's going to be pretty relevant pretty soon. Is uh, things to help you guys. Did, I don't know how many people. I know that it was kind of a uh, it was a fairly big announcement when it happened, but it's kind of not been relevant yet. Oh yeah. Limited. When this new set comes out, Mirrored and Besieged, you're going to be drafting this the opposite that you've ever drafted before. It used to be if you back in the day, if this was Mirrored in back in the day, you'd be going Scars, Scars, Besieged. Now you're going to be drafting it Besieged, Scars, Scars. How is that going to affect your format? That's what I want to know. Like, I, I there haven't been enough cards spoiled that I can really theorize like specifics. But tell me, tell me, like, I, I, I think that the way it's going to affect us is 
you're going to be caring a lot more about the new cards. And that's what Wizards wanted to do, is in a limited format, like, if you were playing Zen Zen World or whatever, you were like, oh, well, World, World Wake isn't as big of a seller, but, you know, and it's not as important because, like, literally commons from a tiny block, a second block, they're going to be less important. Commons and uncommons are going to be much less important. And now they're going to be kind of awesome because they're they're archetype deforming, defining in a format. So I, I feel like this is the okay. So right now in Triple Scars, uh, you see the the Furnace Celebration deck is this. Uh, I'm I'm going to put it at it's it's very type two as as a draft archetype. Yeah, like it can Tier be really it can be really Tier good. Two, yeah, and you know what? It's like sometimes it's it's a great deck and it'll just demolish draft, but it's. Uh, and Rosewater even admits we had to start cutting cards out of the set. We had cooler stuff to do with the sacrifice theme. And it wasn't even that and... he cut cards; it was that he cut theme. Yeah, and so he, like you Perilous know... Mirror. Wait, on, really quickly, I thought fucking cool as shit. Perilous Mirror used to say if you if it dies, it deals one. If you sacrifice it, it deals three. That's awesome. It was a really cool. That would have been fucking. And cool. it, it, it they just they had to broaden it a little bit yeah. and, make, and make it good for everybody. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like if okay. Let's play. Let's play. Uh, let's play God for a second. Sure. And let's 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 move Furnace Celebration out of Scars. Put okay. it into Siege. Okay. And now let's put it at Common. Okay. Okay. Now when you're drafting, sure. Especially for this set, you're drafting it first. Yeah. And you see Furnace and, Celebration. And now, and you're like, well, actually, this is kind of you're like, like first of third. You're game. like, oh, well, I can get this Furnace Celebration, and then I know intuitively because I've drafted the other two sets that. Because I have two furnace celebrations out of the first pack, I can set myself up in the next two packs to be to be there mm-hmm. and, to, and to draft things that work in the strategy. Yeah, and that's something that before, if if we did it the other way, let's let's take the same scenario: celebration, common, last pack. Yeah. Now I'm drafting two scars of Mirrodin packs first, mm-hmm. and I know. That, that my draft is a little bit off the rails. I don't really know what I want to do. But maybe someone else is picking up the same deck, and you don't know. Right. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe I can get into the Celebration deck, but I don't know if I can get into the Celebration right. deck. So pack three comes along, and if I don't get a, a, a one or two Furnace Celebrations, my deck might just do Fizzle. It just do nothing. Do nothing at I'm all. I'm like, wow, I got these Dross Hoppers. Yeah. Those guys are nuts. Those yeah. guys fly. Like, sweet. Dude. Yeah, sweet. Hop two power action. for two that fly. Man, uh, so like into action. So what I'm saying is, if you draft double Ferrovore and then you try to get there with a Furnace Celebration in pack three, it might not work out. Right. But if you are drafting pack one and you don't like you don't see the Furnace Celebration and you decide not to be in that deck, your draft doesn't fizzle as often yeah. because now you're not going to take the double Ferrovore deck. Right. Now now you're in some other archetype. Not that you really ever want to hope for a double fair board. Well, well, no, no, but, but I'm saying... <laughs> but I, like, no, I, I hear what you're coming I hear like, you I just you, want to give you You get it, right? And, yeah. and so, correct me if I'm wrong, but Wizards has said this is a retroactive change mm-hmm. that if you want to go back and draft older sets, mm-hmm. we want you to do this for older sets, too. Which would be so cool. I was talking about this. How would you feel about Shards of Alora backwards? Just draft your Blood Braids first. Because... Yeah. I think it was common knowledge that uh, Alara Reborn was the best, the the most powerful of the three sets in that block. Yeah, and so everybody how, was how just much better with Child of Alara. Be? Yeah, everybody was just, just looking to power up their decks in, in pack three nah. and hope that they got there. 
Um, so, <laughs> so uh, like, Shards of Alara came around. You're like, oh, I'll draft a shard. Yeah. Uh, Conflux came and around. And then you fit your shit yeah. into a shard. Well, and then Conflux came around, and everybody was like, okay, well, I'll draft mostly a shard, and then maybe I'll splash a color. Right. And then Reborn came around, and then everybody was like, well, I'll just draft five colors. <laughs> like, obelisk, like, any of these obelisks, like these terrible obelisks that were unplayable before. Yeah, now, now they're good. Now they're a little bit better because now I can, like, uh, you know what? try to be five color. I wouldn't have even said good. They were, they're actually, they went from awful to mediocre. And, and so, okay, but now let's reverse it. Yeah. And so now I, I have this deck out of, uh, out of, out of Reborn yeah. that's like, it's all gold colors. Yeah. And... So now I'm like, okay, well, I might be these. I might be this shard, or I might be this shard, yeah. but I don't really know. Imagine and that then, shit, and That'd then you're and then you're wild. going and then you're going backwards, and then you're like, okay, well, am right. I am I getting domain cards now? Do I re- do I want to stay five color, or do I want to focus a little bit more? Honestly, I feel like I'd still be drafting shards from pack one. Like I wouldn't say shards of Laura. I meant shards like you pick a shard because literally it's the kind of like you you don't have to commit. Because you can just pick the, like, okay, my favorite kind of drafting. Because when I get lazy, this is how I draft. And also, when I want to have fun, this is how I draft. I just pick the best card out of every pack for four packs, the first four picks of the draft. Okay, well, Alara Block was the best way to do that. Exactly. Because it, it was, the fixing was good enough. Now imagine doing it with the best cards first. Yeah. That, and then you just build your... So you have a direction. Five color. Yeah, <laughs> build your five color, your four color, your three color, any, any color yeah. combination deck. From the best cards to the worst cards, instead of from the worst cards to the best. That, that was the problem I had with that set sometimes. Like, especially when it became, came to all three sets, was, all right, well, I have this Rock Swarm Monk, and I'm looking at this Rock Swarm Monk, I'm like, wow, this, card, this, like, this card's really high on power level. Yeah. It, like, especially in Limited, it just does so much. Right. It, and I really want it. was it, good in Legacy. But, but if, I take, if I take this Rock Swarm Monk, and it's pack one, I, I think that I'm going to end up... Uh, in a in a deck like I'm pigeonholing myself into playing this Rocks War Monk because I'm taking it pretty high, and now that now that I've taken it, I can't uh, really decide to branch out into some other stuff because I got I got the Bant signal. Yeah. And so now that I got the Bant signal, the rest of the you draft, stay I want to try to be the Bant. And the worst part about that set was if if you really really understood the deepest levels of that draft, you could literally put yourself put put your put your that. Put the person to your left in a shard, and then cut the crap out of them in, in the in the best pack they have. Impactory, yeah. yeah. And that happened to me multiple times in that draft set. Is I would be literally not even joking in band, which was one of my favorite in the set, and I'd have these sigils of uh, not distinction uh, sigils. It, it was a green, one green, white lost enchantment. So the lost god. Yes, like yeah, something like that. It was plus one, plus one for each creature you had on board. Yeah, and yeah. cycle yeah. it for a green or a white. Right, and I'd have a couple of those, but those would end like those were like my filler cards, and I would end up as the them as my kill conditions on crappy flyers because all the really good cards in those those colors were cut in pack three. People were like, ah, well, either I don't have a really good card in my pack, so I'm gonna fuck the guy that I know is in Vance, or. I just or or they'd be like, "Hey, I'm in Naya. This shit works for me." It was the drawback of the set. The yeah. draw the drawback of that set was the best pack was pack three. Yeah, and so pack three being the best best set like skewed everything. Oh yeah. So reversing that would be really cool. It'd be All awesome. Right, let's let's run it back. Let's run it current day. Sure. Okay. Uh, 
now without even knowing what the current the, the set two or set three is let's just consider scars of mirrodin being pack three okay so now things that you're looking to fill out your deck with things that you know in your mind and and as you're drafting in yeah. packs one and two you're like okay i know almost all the cards in scars of mirrodin i've drafted the set right. a lot so now it's like i'm really looking to pick up sis bearer Right. I'm really looking to pick up Icarats. Unfortunately, I'm really, I, I really, really want that Furnace Celebration. Now yeah. Furnace Celebration is pack three. Yeah, and, and that's so much harder to find. Yeah, you, you're never going to draft a Furnace Celebration deck once the third set comes out. I don't feel like you're going to be. Able it's to. it's really yeah. Well, and I like, think it's going to be it's going to be something like the deck is going to be something that plays on its own kind of synergies. Sure, and Furnace Celebration will just be like a plus. Uh, that's never been the case, as far as I'm concerned. So far, when you draft... Well, it seems like they're now specifically going out of their way to make something like that be the case. Okay. Alright, well, there's, there's been... Okay, at the beginning of this, of the set coming out, I figured that Furnace Celebration was the... Okay, you have a bunch of stuff that says Sacrifice on it, and it makes a decent deck. And then you pick up this Furnace Celebration, you just so happen to be in red, and you're like, hey, wow... This makes my deck do damage to other stuff, and it makes it like you know, yeah, forty percent better or whatever. I'm just making up a percentage there, but like uh, now you're going to be like, I, I don't know how this, I don't know how the sacrifice synergy is going to work, but your your percentage chance of picking up that Sphere Celebration, like either you're going to pick it up at the end of the set, and you're going to be like, wow, this makes my deck fucking amazing, or you're going to be like, I really don't care. I I just realized this as well. Um, the the bet the Smith cycle is is also super relevant right now because yeah. there's three packs worth of Smiths and I think Ember Smith Mirror Smith are the best ones white and red right um, because Metalcraft is a really strong theme right now right. and uh, just playing an artifact triggering these Smiths is really really good and I think that those cards either they, they I think they will change dramatically in their evaluations based on reversing the sets. Because now you don't draft your your archetypes based around well, I have two Ember Smith. Mm -hmm. Like ra randomly in pack one, I got two Ember Smiths. Now uh, time now, to pick up a bunch yeah. of one drop artifacts. Now Panic Spell Bomb is the best card in my deck. Yeah, and now Mirror now uh, Origin Spell Bomb is the best card in my deck. Right, and so I, I, I see that happen. Like, those themes happen a lot right now. It happens, and so I I have a feeling, uh, not that we have any information about this, but I have a feeling like. The infect shard, whatever it is, is gonna win for pack three, yeah. and that it's going to be this really cool uh, cross of, of of battle. Like the, the the whole block has been this battle. They're setting it up for a battle right yeah. now. Where right now, white red metalcraft seems to be the best draft the strategy. Yeah. And in pack two, they're they're gonna like half and half it. They want they want. Metalcraft to be really good. They want poison to be really, really good. good, and then and they want it to be in other so, colors. So too. I feel like in pack three, they want they want the poison to be really good. Yeah. So now it creates a really weird, rip. Poss possibly the most interesting draft format ever. Yeah, where like I mean, rivaling something like Ravnic Beagleback Ascension or yeah. Rise of the Eldrazi, where uh, you really do have to pick a deck. Yeah, and. It, it creates a really interesting... Like, right now, the poison, you kind of have to go all in and just hope that pack three works out and you you get it to flow. Right. Because if pack three doesn't flow too well, 
and and you randomly got cut on some some blight mambas or something. Sure. And you're like, I really needed blight mambas to wake this deck work. Well, you didn't get them yeah. because somebody cut them for their for their green dinosaur deck. Well, now it doesn't work. Yeah. And now it's going to be the other direction where all right, well, I picked up a couple metalcraft cards because uh, the the last set was all was all poison stuff, but I decided to be the, the metalcraft. I hope it pays off in pack three, right. where I get the chrome seeds and the rusted relics, but there's only one pack of those. Yeah. And this might honestly be the most interesting limited format ever. And you know what really actually upsets me about the whole situation is that the uncommons are going to be the ones that make the most difference in the metalcraft deck, and the commons, I feel like, do the most damage in the infect deck. It might actually be misbalanced towards poison as a like super super future prediction just looking at the set as a whole all of the uncommons that are metalcraft are the bomb right now and all of the yeah. commons that are infect are the bomb like sisbear is you and, and plague stinger well are fucking amazing that's why they have to make it so if if that's pack three then in pack one which is the last set which is the poison set the poison set so in, in so our, in our imaginary world so poison's gonna get like a ton of Vector Asp type cards. Like, Maybe. Hey, here's a bunch of Vector Asp and Relic Impetrescences. You want to draft them? Because it's open. And yeah, and you're and yeah. you're giving me that look. Like, no. I don't know. Like, I don't, really. like, I don't want the Vector Asp deck. Yeah. And then by the time you get to pack three, you're like, oh, hell yeah, open that Putrefax. Got to pick three. Because yeah. nobody wanted to be the, the stupid the poison, deck. poison yeah. deck. Yeah. Because poison's all over the place. It doesn't yeah. have to be good. It just has to be all over the place. Right. And then the other guy is like, oh, hell yeah, I got this pick four rusted relic. What are you guys thinking? Yeah. And I, I, really? Yeah. Like, am I off base here? I, no, I, that sounds actually really, really on point. It, <sighs> it really seems like pack two for, for, the, like, for, the, for the first time ever. It might be the most wild. Especially because you reverse directions. Right. It, it might be the most wild, interesting type set we've ever done. Like, for, for the... Jesus, fuck, are you on Adderall? <laughs> for, for, the, for, the short, for the short point where it, we only have two sets, yeah. it's going to be weird. D- d- like, do you agree? Like, Fair enough. Like, I it, think it's hard for us to speculate because basically what had happened in this set was... All, what all the pros said was that Infect was horrible... For a limited mechanic, because it basically didn't let you play openly, right? Um, because you were basically playing infect, or you were playing something else, right? And it infect because infect forced you to play only infect. It's really it was linear. horrible, really linear. Well, right, like sure. you, there are so few cards that transcend the the boundaries between infect and not infect. Sure, like yeah, the few of them being Necropede and some players like Sisbear and green not like yeah it's like some kind of it's like uh, well perilous mirror is good and everything right yeah Yeah. um but that being said like hopefully like they're taking a cue like i would like to think that wizards r&d listens to the pros and listens to criticisms that are made about the sets because that they really are a huge portion of what like tournament players think about like they they take a lot of cues from what better players think about sets Mm -hmm. so for them Hopefully, one would hope that they are going to kind of make everything a little bit more homogenized. It seems like they're heading that direction with the white infect guy. Like, we haven't seen any shit for the spoiler. Oh, no, no. Like, 17 cards. There's like four rares that we've seen and like a bunch of fucking garbage. Nothing you can make a judgment on. Yeah, not at all. So, like, I will say I'm really happy that they're remaking Phyrexian Ravager. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I found found the artwork and I was like, is that Ravager? Yeah. I I actually kind of thought, I actually kind of thought that it was going to be, uh, one of, uh, some kind of iron foot 
uh, you know, you know that uh, Iron Freshman Ironfoot like yeah. wannabe kind of card. You know what I mean? Because I love that. No, it, it was it, just wishful thinking yeah, on my part. But I love it, that it invokes the original artwork and it everything. Does. So maybe they'll remake some of those horrible Phyrexian cards from alliances. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, they just gotta choose the ones that aren't like completely awful. Well, there's one that was like a three four for three, and it was an artifact creature, and I forget what it was drawback was. Was that it sounds like was it Phyrexian Ironfoot? Because its drawback was doesn't Phyrexian War Beast and War oh, Phyrexian War Beast. I don't know War Beast. No, they un- they remade that one too in Full Snap. What was yeah, it? Yeah, it was like he was a three four for three. No, it what was it? And I don't no, remember that was that was Ironfoot. Ironfoot was three four. Phyrexian War Beast. If I recall correctly, you can get mad at me if you want. Uh, I believe this was the four drop eight eight. Nope. And it Phyrexian had, War Beast was absolutely it, it, a three drop. It came three, four. in. It came in. Oh well. Let I'm me, pretty let sure Ironfoot. Let me explain to you whatever this card is, and if it's not even a real card, then sorry. Sure, good. Uh, four drop, eight, eight, comes into play tapped. You may sacrifice two lands to untap it, and I believe that's all I had. That sounds insane. They might have had to be two snow lands, maybe? That sounds really cool. weird. Like, I can't imagine did, that. Can we, can we Google this? Uh, I don't Google. Blah, blah, whatever. All right. I, I might just be completely wrong. You guys can get angry. We'll, we'll, we'll look at it later. Angry. We're just, we'll we'll, we're we'll just talk confused. about it next We're all confused. Ah, whatever. I like, know for a fact that Phyrexian Warbeast is a 3-4 for 3, and he has a drawback. And I don't look, remember the I thought Ironfoot was a 3-4 for 4. Yeah. That was the drawback, so. Look. That was from Mirrodin. Ironfoot was a... Definitely in Cold Snap. Cold Snap. Card. Cold Snap, okay. Yeah. Definitely Cold Snap. I'm talking about Alliances. It had Cold Snow Snap original. I'm talking about Alliances. Okay. I know, we just... We, we, none we, of we, us We made some conversations. Yeah, yeah. We, it was just you, buddy. Yeah, no. nobody here played Alliances. I did. How old are Ball you? In, like a million? I'm a million, million years old. No, okay. Seriously? I remember ripping no, 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 fucking ser- Forces of Wills and you're like, God, there's so many of these. Guys, oh my God. Guys, I'm not kidding. At the PTQ today, uh, I played a guy... Uh, lost to him. I was like, hey, what's your rating? He was like, I don't know, 18-something. I was like, okay, like, I, not that's, that's not terrible, I guess. I was like, hey, you, like, I'll see you at the GP and, like next weekend. He was like, oh, I can't go to Atlanta. And I was like, well, why not? You're like, you're a good player. You have a good deck. And he was like, dude, I'm like 17. I'm in high school. <laughs> and I was like, what? 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 <laughs> I, huh? Dude, a 17-year-old top-aided uh, fucking San Jose. Well, yeah, well, uh, a 10-year-old uh, day two Kuala Lumpur last year, so... Okay, like, but it just, it blew my mind. <laughs> it blew my mind. I'm like, maybe it's just... was there. Maybe it's <laughs> just our local... Is I think it's just our local area, but I didn't think that... Kids high, played. <laughs> I didn't think that high schoolers played anymore. Uh, high schoolers still play, but they don't grind that much. Yeah, like, and, and he was, like, local. He was from, like, Bethesda or something. Uh, but sense. And I was like, okay, well, like... Cool, like, I, like if you play here normally, or it's like sort of a drive. I don't know, but like he had a real deck. He was like, he definitely like knew how to play. He was well when like, I was really a kid. Competent. When I was in high school, like it was like me and my buddy Rocco, and like we took this game seriously. Like we like anytime there was like an event in DC or like Baltimore, we went to it because it wasn't that far from us because yeah. we were like in Northern Virginia. But there, we were like the only two. We had like a, a huge play group that played at this this little comic shop that we played at i mean it was like you know like 20 people that played like on the regular yeah and like but it was like me and my buddy rocco we were the only ones who ever went to the big events and like it was it was weird because it was like the way it is now it's just like people like our age like people in their 20s and 30s mostly you're like you're that like, are just like old and into playing yeah. magic and stuff and we were like kids and we we're just like what are these old people what? doing here and i like, hated it when we beat them we're just like yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> you're like 17 with some joke deck, and they're 24 with the neck beard. Yeah, and they're the like, yeah, and they're like, neck what? Yeah, and they're like, Jesus Christ, what? Like, where where did you crawl out of, kid? And you're like, I don't know, where did you crawl out of, creepy dude? <laughs> yeah. Shower, yeah, the shower, yeah. Unlike you, you, and they're they're like, you can't even grow facial hair. I earned this neck beard. That's for 15 years. I'm the neck beard that smells like shit. I'm gonna sit next to you every time. And I see like little 12 year old, where the fuck did you crawl out of, kid? (laughs) Screeching buzzer, that's not a real car. Get out of here. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Has it reached the the point where I have to talk about this beer? I think it's gotten to the point where I'm sick of hanging out with you guys, so let's finish this podcast. You're you're never sick of hanging out with us. Uh, I've got a neck beard to go take care of. (laughs) Oh, oh, whoa. I I got razors here. Like, you can get rid of that before you go. Take care getting, of, he said. Take care of, like, trim like a baby. It's getting pretty serious. It's um, awesome. Shut up. Moving on, what is the beer of the week? Oh, brother. All is right. It not good? It didn't smell... Um... didn't smell horrible. It smelled like, uh... People. No, me it smelled like PBR. It's, uh, it's, it's <laughs> smelling great. So, this has a bunch of German in the label, so I'm gonna do my best. It is the Grimbergen. Grimbergen. It is a blonde ale, which I'm going to assume is a wheat beer, because it, it tastes like a wheat beer. I love bronze. Um, it's imported by some guys in Connecticut. It's got a German chant on the side, so that's interesting, I guess. I don't read German, so... Uh, for for those of you that really want to know, this is, most, this is really the most important part of, of every beer review is the alcohol content. Sure, of course. Uh, Six point seven. Not bad. Not too which bad. you know what? Like as far as beers go, uh, average, if not a little bit above average. Oh. And uh, you know what? I can respect that. It's the three philosophers. There's no hidden trick. Oh, okay. <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry. Like, I gave the three philosophers. I went back and re-listened to that. I gave it like a four out of nine philosophers. You're an idiot. I was way toasted because <laughs> apparently the three philosophers know what they're talking about, and I gotta re-rate that beer. They got you uh, fucked up, so to, they know what they're doing. I have to post posthumously. Posthumously? Posthumously? Yes. That means you're dead. Okay. What? What is? <laughs> can I? Can I? A re-rate? There is that go. a better word? Sure. Re-rate. Okay, because the three philosophers definitely are dead. They might make you feel like you're dead. <laughs> but the three Next philosophers with a little hint of cherry, I'll, I'll give them much more than three philosophers. I'll give them like a seven out of nine philosophers. Right, that's, awesome. Awesome. that's about uh, what I said. I exactly. said about five and a half. Yeah, like that. They, yeah, they, well, they got me real crazy drunk, so. Uh, <laughs> it, was right. it was because I drank it out of the wide mouth glass. That's what it, that's what it was. I gave, you guys a, I gave you guys a standard glass. Hey, take, a, take a drink of it. What uh, I'm not sick. Take a drink of it. Oh, I was going to ask you. Uh, how many eagles out of five? Because there's an eagle. <laughs> All right, so there's this crazy-looking German eagle. We're just gonna ask on, how many Grimbergens out of on the outside, and it's got it's got a, a year. It's a, the year is 1128. How many Isles? Like 1128 predates any kind of Nazi. How many swastikas? Like, and uh, that predates any kind of like Nazi type stuff. So I don't know what the eagle's doing on here. Um, there's eagles on swastikas. Sure. Yeah, sometimes. Like, in prison tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> I saw American History X. Yeah. Put your teeth on the curb. That was, I'm gonna that was a horrible guys. scene. That scene made me uncomfortable. Me too. I don't have a lot to go on. Because you heard the beer. teeth scratch on the curb. Yeah. It is 
literally almost entirely in German. So, <laughs> how many how many Golden Eagles out of five? It's a it's a really golden eagle. It is. It's actually gold. The entire eagle is gold. Not is just it, white on. Is it solid gold or is it just like gold? I'm gonna hope it's solid gold. If it's solid gold, I give like three and a half. It's made if of it, Nazi gold. If it's gold, <laughs> if it's gold plate. Oh, if it's Nazi gold, it's like a five. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's like gold plated, it's like a three and a half. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Like so, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead like. I, I can't believe that the Nazis could make a beer that tastes this good. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't know, man. That's what all those experiments were about. Making the perfect beer. Look, we, <laughs> Blonde and blue-eyed. Yeah, oh, like, it's named, yes, a, it's named a blonde ale. Yep. So, Hitler's uh, favorite beer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Alright, so a couple of shout-outs real quick before we get out of here. Yeah, three and a half Golden Eagles for the for the Grim Virgin Blondale. Link, link in the show notes, I guess, if I can find it. Let's do it. Yeah. It might be all in German. I'm sorry, guys. Sounds like fun. Um, Alright. So, apparently we're international. Hell yeah, we are. Really? Yeah. Uh, in the past week, we've gotten an email from Spain and from Australia. And we have a, 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 uh, a Facebook friend from France. How do people, like, in different languages understand us? Like, how do people in Australia understand us? <laughs> we don't speak their language, mate. We don't mate. speak their language, mate. <laughs> Oi, is that a crocodile? I'm going to stick my thumb in his ass. I feel like Mel Gibson. <laughs> I'm afraid of stingrays, mate. Get it because we're being racist and we're Australian? I'm afraid of stingrays, mate. <laughs> All right. Uh, you guys should continue to comment and email us and make us feel like we're doing something here. Scrubland uh, Podcast. Scrubland Podcast at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook. Uh, Scrubland Podcast. Um, also, me and Chris Burroughs are on Facebook. You can call us, on, text us, message us, whatever on there. I don't know. Sweet love. Uh, Get their personal phone numbers and then spam, spam them with text messages. Did I have my personal phone number on there? I do. I do. I'm not afraid. No Chris, no, Chris, it's the internet. They can find it. They find it. Probably. It's, it's the reason I don't have Facebook because... The internet God forbid is, someone call you. They'll hack, they'll hack your RFID chip. I don't know, dude. The internet is scary, and Cylons are everywhere. So. But Cylons, yeah, frack you. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, have you played the Battlestar Galactica board game? That thing's awesome. I have not. That game is God. Nuts. Sounds like a I game wish game. the game is really, really fun. Do you want to try it? I've, I've played it. It's really. No, fun. I mean, do you want? Would you play it with us? I mean, yeah. Like, well, I, I don't play a lot of board games. So. We board game every Saturday, and it's that there game is. is really fun. I gotta go to Atlanta. I gotta go Grand Prix. Uh, oh, I'm not playing this Saturday, anyways. All right. Okay, good. I, I, this is the one of the Saturdays I actually have to work. Okay, good. C- 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 I was really worried. Like, I, I really this did. This be fun. You've been the hopping into Battlestar. I had a, I had a moment just now where I had to choose between Grand Prix Atlanta and, and Battlestar Battle, Battle, Battle Galactica board gaming <laughs> yeah. in my hometown. Like, like I was honestly tempted just now. If guys, <laughs> like, I, I just signed up for a Netflix one month free trial, and I've literally been streaming the, crap out of the entire Battlestar Galactica series. <laughs> uh, I honestly, like, somebody explained it to me to start, and they were like, "Oh yeah, it's like the robots look like humans, and that's like the thing." The thing. And I was like, "Well, that sounds retarded." And then they spoiled it. They were like, "Oh, and the Asian girl's a robot." 
And I was like, what? I was like, fuck you guys. Damn it. Like, really? Uh, like, um, uh, real quick, sorry if any of you guys were planning on watching Battlestar Galactica. No, I was going to say 50 of our fans okay. just shit on you. No, no, no. You know what? Like, if you guys really want to watch the show, and uh, as, as somebody that has... I, I, I'm in season four. And, I'm in season four now. There's only like five. So I'm really almost done with the series. Somebody telling me the Asian girl is a, is a robot did not ruin the series for me. That's because good. it happens in like... Episode Fall Four. Oh, okay, that's too something bad. stupid. That's like bad. it's it's super early and it's honestly really important for the set of the show. Battlestar Galactica. Real uh, quick, if you guys are fans of Battlestar Galactica yeah. and you like board games, this game's awesome because basically it's it's kind of like you get a bunch of cards and you use them to vote for things. And every person is either a human or a Cylon or a Cylon like sympathizer, and you like dictate like action in the game based on your votes, which are. Uh, Anonymous. So, like, actions happen based on your votes, and your votes dictate what happens. And Cylons want something to happen, humans want something to happen. So, it's fucking, it's really cool. Can I blow up the entire, like, water you supply? You can blow up the ship. And, yeah, like, you destroy parts of the ship. Yeah, like, I blow up the entire water supply, and now you guys have no water, you gotta go to a new planet and find water. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, terrible for you. That's yeah. awesome. And, but I'm like, no, guys, I'm a human. I'm like, oh, man, no water? That's really bad. It sucks to be bad. But little do they know that you voted for them. But dun, 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 to be bombed in their water. Um, Battlestar Galactica is a really cool show, and I don't. I've never watched the show, but the game is really cool. So, <laughs> really, really, yeah, I've never watched the show. Uh, dude, you would like the Asian chick. She's cute. I don't like the Asian girl. Shut up. <laughs> we had this. I like girls in general. But, I'm like, not gonna say like, you, like you go on a road trip, you learn a lot about people. I had to call Cassie out on that one just now. Sorry, what? sorry, I set you up. No, that's fine. No, I mean I. I don't know, like, basically I feel like Asian girls are beautiful, don't get me wrong, but I feel like a lot of people, like, have this weird, like, fantasy thing of Asian girls, and, like, a lot of ugly Asian girls get credit for being hot because they're Asian. Yeah. And they that's horrible. No, no, but, but, <laughs> but you understand that's because they all look the same to us, so... Fair enough. I mean, like, I'm sorry. I can't, I, I can't actually tell that you haven't been an Asian girl the entire time. Not guessing that you. I used to have long hair. You might be a chubby. <laughs> you might be a chubby Asian girl with a neck beard. You could be. But you get, but you get credit for being hot. <laughs> because I met this one hot Asian girl ten years ago. You all look the fucking same. Agreed. <laughs> um. I guess that's gonna do it. You guys really want to smoke cigarettes? Apparently. Yeah, that's how it is. They're like walking out the door on me. I love you all. All right, guys. Th- Bye, this is internet land. this is definitely a actually a pretty girl texting me like 15 minutes ago. I've been blowing her off. So. This Agreed. is definitely a two-part podcast, guys. Love you very much. Uh, I guess we'll talk to you next week. Uh, I'll give you a report from Grand Prix Atlanta. <whistles> See you later. Hey.